Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 75. My name's Patrick. I'm joined by Seth. Say hi. Yellow. And Steve, say hi. Yep, the boys are on here. State of origin season in the greatest state in the world, New South Wales. God, we're talking about sports, are we? Yep. Well, you guys will have your nerd video game chat soon. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get all the footy. Footy hasn't started. Footy starts at 8.05 and it is currently 7.32. Do you think he's wanted us to start late today so he could interrupt whatever we're talking about in, a net, in half an hour's time with footy? Well, one of our most popular episodes was when we did live cutaways to uh, professional sports correspondent Steve in the field. Like, literally in the field. You literally say professional sports correspondent, and I have trouble catching a ball sometimes. Um, <laughs> but you know what? The important thing is that we're... Well, hang on. Stream's over. But I will. It'd be like that sometimes. I, I guess it do. Speaking of needing to push uh, things back to start late... Uh, Anyone, any, anyone played Gollum recently? <laughs> no, it's on the news docket, but we can talk about it now if you want. Oh, not necessarily looking to talk Do about it now. Do we need to talk about I, it? Yeah, let's, let's, hey, hey kids, let's, let's dunk on the bad video game. Yeah, no, bad video game doesn't like begin to describe it. It's bad and broken. Uh, well, actually, yeah, bad halfway describes it. Questioning if it should have been shipped in the first place. Questioning if it should have been fucking made in the first place. Yeah. Man, 75 really got off to a banger start, huh? <laughs> you know what? No, video games are good. Zelda's uh, came out two weeks ago. Fantastic game. That's old news. Gollum is newer. Oh, uh, Street Fighter 6 is newish. That's um, still not we out. So we're still, we're still stuck in the in-between time. Didn't we get a review code? No, I had to pre-order it like a schmuck. <laughs> you actually fucking pre-order the game. <laughs> Every fucking week, I'm like, Seth, you're a fucking idiot. Never pre-order game. 75% off minimum. I was given half the money for it. Steve, let, let's, let's be fair here. You're the one that loaded the pre-order gun and put it in Seth's hand when you posted a It's a 9 out of 10 by IGN. 9 out of 10? It's not even fucking worth it. I don't... No. I play you're games right, 9 out of 10, 10 is a shit game. Well, we should move on. Yep. Street Fighter 6. What, what can they do? What can they do? Oh, oh this guy punches oh, in 4K or whatever. They made like a 20-hour RPG story mode. Mortal Kombat Deception did that fucking 20 years ago, man. Yeah, and no one's done it since Mortal Kombat Deception. Because how can you prove them perfection? Wait, 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 3D platformers should have stopped at Mario 64. There I said guys, guys, we know that Mortal Kombat 1's coming out soon. Are we allowed to talk about any game that isn't Mortal Kombat 1? Yes. In <sighs> fact, we can talk about every game that isn't Mortal Kombat 1 and just ignore that. But the crazy part is every game that isn't Mortal Kombat 1 means we can't talk about like four games. <laughs> That's such a stupid stat. I hate Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you know what, Seth? If you, you hate so much you money, what, you I'll rephrase for you, Stephen. I hate Mortal Kombat's naming convention. Oh, uh, there we go. If, if you yeah. hate it so much, why don't you go fight some streets? I will. In fact, there's re refrigerators in those streets that need to be fought. Speaking of refrigerators and naming conventions, how about the Xbox naming conventions? Yep. Yeah, yeah no, no, it's just as bad as Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really seething and crying right now. Remember the X-Bone? Yeah. But remember the well, Xbox X One X or was right? it the Xbox Series X? I can't remember which one's the new one. They both have X in it. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Xbox Series. Of course, Xbox is always going to have an X in it. What are you talking about? So, oh, yeah, yeah, like it's always going to have two X's in it minimum. <laughs> and then a B and an O. The third X so, is my wife. <laughs> the third X is that guy's oh, wife. Oh, so you're that guy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, catch a commercial. Catch a commercial. Steve, you and I need to go fight some streets later. Wait, I need to fight you on some streets later. That's what I meant to say. Okay. 
Anyway, uh, round of lunch for this week. Other than <laughs> other than not playing Gollum, uh, Steve, what else have you been up to? Um, Persona. Oh yeah, I've been playing Persona Three. I've actually been playing it for some time. Why? Why'd you? Why'd you do it in that voice? Because that's how they say it in that game. Well, no, that's how they say it in Persona Four. Um, <laughs> and that's specifically Sorry, which, which 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 Persona were you playing? Sorry, I'm playing Persona Three. I'm playing the remastered. Persona 3 Portable that was, that's on Game Pass. Oh, playing the shit version, are we? Yeah, what version should I play? <laughs> FES on the emulator. <laughs> like a king. Sounded, hold up, hold up. Seth sounded exactly like daring today, are we, Squidward? <laughs> it's like bar for bar, the same enthusiasm. But yeah, uh, so that game came out a while ago and I'm currently playing it. Uh, well, it, it, yeah, like it's... And it's well, you know what? Let's get into it a bit later. Okay. Well, I'll tell you that was a challenge. Maybe we will. Maybe we will, Steve. Then what? Uh, I'll talk about it. <laughs> what a strange good. thing to say. <laughs> what a strange thing to say, my friend. Stranger things have ha- wait. We're not wait, talking about stranger on. things. That's oh, a TV oh, no, show. Sorry, I was. I was. Yeah, I was so ready for it. Eh? It's just because I saw. I saw David Harbour on a video recently. Don't know who that is. <laughs> God, fucking every every episode is a fucking chore with you, Steve. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I watch like um, David like, Harbour's like the, the like one of the like the one of the main people. David <laughs> Harbour. He's the he's, he's the kind of guy. The cop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't watch Stranger Things, but I, yeah, I know I've known him. Well, from, you know he's also going to be in the Gran Turismo movie. <laughs> Shit, that's right. Yeah. Wasn't he in? Um... No, I thought he was in. Yeah, go on, finish that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, th- I thought he was in um, Knives Out, but I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, unless it's the, the nah, new, new one. one. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not in the old one. Cool. All right. Uh, Seth, what have you been up to this week? You know, besides playing more Tears of the Kingdom, I am going to do that thing that Stephen hates and talk about one of the eight wrestling shows that I'm going to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, get your honk and shoes ready. Steve, honk and shoe. Steve. <laughs> okay, first, very clever. Uh, the second thing. You're the one that, that literally wants to preempt the audience with a we will cut live to sports reporting later on in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to do that. Um, but for some reason, both my monitors have wet the bed. Um, so, and I'm scared of unplugging the, the thing because it'll ruin the recording and the editor will king hit me. <laughs> or as they call it, uh, having a biff, as they'd call it in <laughs> origin. He will, show up, he will show up at your house with a, with a refrigerator and Hang you on, won't know why. I force quit Chrome and we're back on. We're I'll back have on. a USB with his audio on it and make him listen to it. It doesn't mean anything for me. I don't do it. Like, I'll listen to it and then I'll release it. Yeah. In the wrestling front, I, just to hype it, uh, Patrick up for this, this is the one with Kenny Omega here and he may or may not have been milks this week. <laughs> Sorry? I'm, I'm, I'm going back to a reference to last week's episode that people can listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, that might be the most compelling breadcrumb to an earlier episode I've ever heard you drop. Yeah, listening, listen, trying to find a part where Patrick was excited about Kenny Omega getting milked. <laughs> what is wrong with you, weirdo? Man, I, I say this every week. Every previous episode is just a fever dream to me. <laughs> yeah, it sort of does feel like that. As for me, well, uh, what what game do we think is is uh, coming out this weekend, guys? Pretty pretty big, pretty popular game. Borderlands um, 4? Mass Effect 5. Diablo 7. I, I, I love that you guys type. You, you, you guys have, have pigeonholed me so well. Even though you were going for the joke of Borderlands 4 and Mass Effect 5, both of those games... 
The joke I was going to make is that Diablo 4 is coming out, so I've been playing an old classic Borderlands 2, but no, you're just going, fuck the joke like you always do. But you know we can't let you have nice things. I'm just shocked that you said Borderlands 4 and Mass Effect 5, like one of them I was ready for, but both, that's my entire being. The next thing you'll say is like Monster Hunter 6, just to like cap it off. Ah, uh, that's coming later in the docket, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Um, anyway, yeah, I've been playing Borderlands 2, uh, going, go, uh, gallivanting through, through um, ye old classic because I keep talking about how great the game is and it's nice to be validated because I'm always right. Why don't we get... Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw this one to Steve. Uh, Steve, you want wrestling chat now? You want wrestling chat later? It's coming. You just have to choose when. Let's go. Let's go later because it's like only twenty to eight. Kickoffs at eight. I can just watch footy. What are you guys talking about? He's going to wait for it to start so that way he can yell over me when Origin is on. (laughs) Mm, Hang on. Isn't State of Origin just like the cricket version of a Royal Rumble though? Hold on. Let him cook. No. 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 That's it. That the the recipe is is very. It's it's like a what's the? It's a degustation platter. That's it. That's all there is. Degustation platter, he says. Um, Sorry, de- decrustation platter. I hate crabs. Well, hang Mr. on. Mr. and otherwise. Uh, okay, you're, well, you're if you Mr. Crabs pay super? What, like, like, like matching, matching employee contribution? Or yeah, like, what nah, do you mean? Yeah, matching employee contribution. <laughs> I don't no. think he pays taxes. <laughs> oh, hang on. Get the IRS involved. Didn't, didn't they literally kill a health inspector on, on the, the, the Krusty Krab grounds? Probably. Yeah, I wouldn't like, be surprised he, if that happened at some point. He, like, clearly he has no fear. Like, what are they going to do? Send another health inspector that, that he just goes and kills? You know, it's really odd that whenever we send a health inspector to this specific location, they don't return. <laughs> but you just don't tell anybody. They just went for I a city break. What it, but, what, okay, okay. What it was if, fine when he left here. Hear me out. Let, 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 me, let me cook on this one, gents. Uh, a health inspector is like a doctor where they are inspecting your health. So all Mr. Krabs needs to do is put an apple somewhere in the crusty crab and then all the problems disappear. No, nah, they're, um, they're actually putting it on. They, they have to be able to see the apple so you can't hide it. Okay, alternative theory. When the health inspector enters the crusty crab, Mr. Krabs goes and puts apples in a ring around the outside of the crusty crab, kind of like a sea bear circle, but in reverse, preventing the, the escape of the health inspector. What about the, um, oh, hi, the escape, actually. I was going to be like, oh, no, what are they parachuting in from above? But maybe not. Think of it, think of it like arena trap. Like, uh, well, uh, actually, wow. Okay. Even, 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 even more cooking going on. Uh, Mr. Krabs does try to trap pinch every penny. Okay, this man. Uh, what, do you, hey, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> you know what? We're taking the joke too far. Dude. We are. We always do. Borderlands 2 to talk us out. Do we have album of the week, Pat? No. Hmm. Borderlands 2. All right, Borderlands 2. I don't actually know why. Oh, no, I do, actually. Um, someone just randomly uh, on my friends list has just been playing Borderlands 2 recently for no reason. Nothing. There's been no new patch or anything, although apparently there has been, but I'll get to that. Uh, and so I, being the, the most chatted up uh, individual in the Discord, uh, look at uh, that, that simple man playing um, Borderlands 2 and I go, well, now I have a reason to carry someone because I put... 700 something hours in Borderlands 2 that gotta go uh, put those hours to, to good use somewhere doing, doing the Lord's work carrying, carrying plebs to max level which is funny considering that I since the last update before Borderlands 3 came out I have not reached max level with any characters um, so basically saw that and then got reinvigorated after all the chat mostly on here about how great Borderlands 2 has been and in light of the absolute disasters of games that have come out recently 
not in games that I have any intent on playing. Like, I, I was never going to play Golem, even if people said it was good. But just that every time something like this happens, I think back to how good that era of gaming was and how much games had to differentiate themselves to get people to play them because of how strong the market was at that time. You are right. Old video game, good. There we go. There we go. Saying that for years. Um, and so, yeah, jumped on Borderlands 2. Finally, finally got around to getting 100%, uh, 100% Steam achievements. So uh, you can praise me if you'd like, Steve. I know that you're a big fan of this. Um, that is genuinely insane because I thought about doing the same thing when I was playing Borderlands 2 a while back. Um, and you have to, you've got to do like what? A playthrough with every character? Um, no. Plus a whole, no? But you've no, already like a certain don't. level cap with every character or something? Uh, sort of. So the... Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm going to walk that back slightly. It might be that you need to get a certain distance with each character. I'm not sure. But the ones that spring to mind... It's, it's, something, it's something like that. Like I got two playthroughs through and I'm like, I, I'm done. Like I love yeah. Borderlands, but I literally burnt out. The, the, the ones that spring to mind are each character has, a, has an achievement related to their action skill. So, uh, for example, one of the last skills that I had to get was gun... Sorry, achievements that I had to get was gun zerking for 90 seconds as Salvador. I think that that's probably what I'm thinking of, yeah. There yeah, was something which, you have to reach, whether it's a point or a certain skill. Exactly, yeah, yeah which, okay. which is much easier to do if you're a high enough level that you can gun zerk 90 seconds. Uh, mm. And so, uh, yeah. So somehow, of all of the achievements in the game, there were maybe six or seven that I hadn't got, uh, which is really funny because you look at when you unlocked them and so many of them are like the 2012 to like 2014 block. And then there's, there's just like a little trickle down at the end of like, 2023 <laughs> um, the, the ones that i had to get a lot of them were doing every side quest in the dlcs the story dlcs so every yeah. side quest in campaign of carnage every side quest in hammerlocks um discovering every named location in hammerlocks much more painful than it sounds <laughs> that's because there are like certain trigger points to those locations aren't there yes and so what what is uh, a blessing and a curse is that because hammerlock specifically is quite a vertical map some of the uh, areas that you need to check whether or not you've got are above or below parts of the map that you can see. Uh, so like what I mean is like your map will just have like a spot in the middle that you haven't seen yet. And you're like, ah, oh, that must be it. And you walk there and there's nothing there. It's not a named location. It's just like a little extension to to like the, the existing map. And so you're like, okay, there's, some, there's somewhere else that I need to go and look for. Um, so finally when I got that. Um, oh, shoot. There were... Oh yeah, the Salvador one I mentioned... I think there was one other. Oh yes, defeating the, uh, defeating the uh, invincible dragons from Tiny Tina's DLC. I'm shocked that I had never done that until now. I think I have, but I think I did it when it was in offline mode, or the or the achievement didn't proc because I knew, I knew what to do. So like I've done it before. It just wasn't. I didn't have the achievement for some reason. Um. So I got that. Uh, and then uh, a few of the achievements were related to the last DLC, the Fight for Sanctuary DLC. So that was equipping a, a rainbow gear piece in every slot, except class mod, fighting, uh, defeating the dark web. On Fight the, for Sanctuary? I don't remember that at all. That, that's the fifth one. That, that's the bridge from Borderlands 2 to Borderlands 3. Oh, I did not know that existed. Yeah, okay. So, so th this is why I say um, the last DLC, and I didn't have anything at max level. So initially... After, the, after Tiny Tina's dropped, which was the last official DLC, the last big story DLC, the max level was 72 and you could go up to OP8, which meant that you had an effective level of 80 and that was where everything was. And then for, in preparation for Borderlands 3, they surprise launched a final story DLC, the Fight for Sanctuary, 
which is the fifth story DLC for Borderlands 2, which increased the levels from 72 to 80, and means that you can now go to OP 10, so your effective level is now 90. And so that is, that's great, but it means that all the gear that you grinded for at 72 is now worthless. <laughs> mm. And so I had everyone at 72 except Mechromancer, who is still at 59-ish. Uh, and now my Siren, which is just the one that I picked out to play with the other guy, because um, uh, he's got stuff at 80. And so, you know, we're going to go back and grind some stuff at O10 and, and do the, the sort of ultra endgame grinding again, but at the correct level this time. So I've just picked out Siren as the class that I want to use for that. Uh, and so now she's at 70, 77, 78. Ooh. So she's getting close. And I'm, there's a part of me that wants to do it with one more character. Not sure who yet, but just to have options. Because I, the thing I love most about Borderlands is the whole options thing of, I want to play this class. And so it's nice just having a maxed out character ready to go because they do play quite differently, which I really enjoy. Have you done it with Zero yet? Like, I, I heard you mentioning um, Gage and Salvador, but I didn't yep. hear if, if you caught, uh, I didn't catch if you mentioned Zero. So I have every character except Gage at 72. So even though I had got Salvador to 72, I'd never guns out continuously for 90 seconds, which is oh, weird okay. because I didn't have to adjust my build. Like the build was ready to go. I just never tried getting it to 90 seconds. Uh, but no, zero, 0 would be the one that I want to do uh, another yes. run to 80 with, uh, just because he was the first character that I played in Borderlands 2. And he's the character I have played the, the least recently. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, of all the yeah. characters, I haven't played him the most recently. <laughs> and he, he's such a really cool character. He's, he, is, he deserves he is. it. He is. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem is, the only problem is, my favorite playstyle for Zero is Assassin, close range. It, it's, like, uh, it's like the melee pistol build, which works really well until late game. <laughs> and then you go in, and die. <laughs> Either you kill what you try to assassinate, or you die and you don't get up. Because all of your damage is kind of, uh, like, uh, condensed into one sort of packet. You basically become a glass cannon. A little, yeah, which, which is sort of annoying. But yeah, there are some great boar builds, and sniping is really fun, but again, really hard to do solo in ultralight games, so... I don't know. I, I want to try and make Zero work. Yeah, well, I'll figure out how. Yeah, he, he sound, those, both those builds sound like better for multiplayer. So Zero might just be like in that box of he's best when you're in a multiplayer setting because yeah. someone else can take the heat. Yeah, exactly. The, and so the last challenge that I had to get, uh, and this is quite funny, is getting every non-level specific achievement, like the badass rank system in Borderlands 2. Oh, I need yeah, to get fucking that. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Every, every non-level one, uh, sorry, every non-level specific one to at least level one. And so I'd actually gotten fairly close. Uh, I did this with Axton, uh, the commando, um, just because he far and away has the most playtime of any character. And I used him to grind because he's very good solo. So I used him to grind a lot of he's the gear cool, that, I, yeah. the, that I had at 72. Uh, and so there were, there were a couple of things I had to get left. Uh, one of them was being able to come out of fight for your life with the damage over time of shock weapons, which is harder than it sounds to get. <laughs> yeah, especially at those high levels as well. Yeah, especially at uh, the high levels. Either you kill things instantly if you play with stuff that's too low level, or they just don't die if you play with stuff on too high a level. Like, they just regen faster than you damage them. So that took a little bit of finagling. 
ended up doing it with some chain lightning and a North fleet, which for people that have played Borderlands 2, they'd be like, Jesus Christ, that's overkill. Yes, it was. And I, and I needed it. Other one, uh, there, oh, there were two others. What was, what were the other two? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, a shotgun one. Somehow out of all the time that I've spent playing this Axton, I'd never gotten up close and personal with shotguns uh, as much as I needed to. It's not that it wasn't at level one. It's that you needed to get it to level five to unlock getting kills at long range with shotguns as its own. Uh, it was like a dependency thing. But what was yeah, really funny yeah. was when I finally got the proc to kill things up close with the shotgun to level five, it instantly filled up the kill shotguns at long range. So clearly it had been counting it. It just wouldn't let me have it until I got the, the prerequisite. So that was interesting. And then the final one, and this was the dumbest one, slag damage. That was it. Just uh, do, yeah, do additional damage. damage on top of slag. And th th this is why it was funny. Uh, so I needed to get it above level one, right? That, that was it. Nothing, nothing crazily spectacular. So to do that, I needed to do 5,000 points of slag damage, which shouldn't, shouldn't be that hard. When I checked what my slag damage value was, it was negative 20 billion. How did you manage to get that? How does that work? 20 billion, that's a lot. 20 billion, it is. So level one slag damage is 5,000. Level five slag damage is 500,000. And my damage was negative 20 billion. How did you get into the negatives? Let me tell you a little story about computer science. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they even let you go into the negatives. So they don't. Th this is the thing. So uh, I think I know what you're going to say, but yeah, continue. Yeah. So what, what happens is, this is a, a very common bug in Borderlands 2. Which is funny because like everyone has this problem of I'm so close to getting this achievement. This is the last thing I need to get, but it's bugged. Help me fix it. What happens is in particularly towards the uh, ultimate Vault Hunter modes, when you go from true Vault Hunter mode to ultimate Vault Hunter mode, the game tries to balance it by saying that Slag now does, I think it's three times instead of two times. It's, uh, so whatever it is in normal and, and true Vault Hunter mode, if it's two times, ultimate goes to three. If it's three times, ultimate goes to four. I forget which of those it is, but it's one of them. In other words, you basically need to use slag to do damage because mm. that, that's how it's balanced out. But uh, so, so that, that's point one, which means that unless you're going out of your way to do slag damage, you don't really notice it. And when you're playing normal and true vault hunter mode, you don't really need the slag because you're either using a slag weapon and they die from the slag weapon or you don't use the slag weapon and you, you just kill them with, with other means. So it's very, you, you're not actively thinking about slagging them, swapping weapons, dealing damage with the, the non-slag weapon to, to stack up the 5,000 points. So fast forward to ultimate Vault Hunter mode. Now with combinations of things like B shields and other high value, um, like high damage weapons, you could be doing millions of damage easily just by virtue of the level that you're at and how much damage you can output with various skills and, and other bits and pieces. So what happens is if you do too much damage as additional with slag, so in other words, you've slagged someone up and then you just overkill them, like just, just absolutely like level 100 Gyarados into a level two Pidgey with hyper beam type overkill them. The game will register that you've done so much damage it will underflow to the maximum negative value. Uh, okay, yeah. I thought it was going to be something similar. That's yeah, and so it's, it's basically a consequence of how 
the the game is coded to like because Ultimate Vault Hunter mode was effectively a DLC. They when they first made the game never never intended damage values to be that high. So I don't remember if this is confirmed, but this is this is the sort of this is what everyone says when you read up when you read around it online that you just do so much damage you underflow the maximum value that that stat can hold, and so it just drops you into the negative. And so the good news is it only from when I started trying to do slag damage took me about an hour is probably too long, less than an hour, but more than probably 20 or 30 minutes. So it wasn't a short amount of time, but it could have been way worse as a level 72 commando slagging stuff and then blowing it up only took me sort of an hour to chew through that amount of damage in reverse. And you had to chew it through it in reverse. You had to do, I had to do 20 billion points of slag damage to fix the bug. I'd but still, as soon oh, as, fuck, that's rough. It is, but as soon as I got it back into the positives, procked immediately to level five. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Fantastic, yeah. But <laughs> Because I probably did like 10 million, 20 million something in damage when it went from zero to, to the, the actual level value. So that was quite funny. And it was when that procked that I got the 100% uh, 100% on Steam ah. moment. So yeah, I was quite, quite proud of that, quite happy with that. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, so that's basically what I've been doing. I have, by virtue of trying to level up my Siren, gone through Campaign of Carnage. Actually, I think all the DLC. I haven't gone through Pirate's Booty again because that- That's the worst the way, one. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hammerlock is an interesting area, but the story itself isn't that interesting to me. And always kind of, the story always has a bit of a backseat. Uh, the, the Tiny Tina's one, Assault on Dragon Keep, that's the best one by far. It is. Um, it is. And Torg's yeah, Campaign and then, of Carnage, I really enjoy for Torg. <laughs> yes, Torg is the best part of that campaign, and everything else is mid. Fine. You know what? I, it's, I've, it's I've never fine. actually done the Borderlands 2 DLC. Uh, can you guys, like, give, like, a really brief rundown on what they are? Like, try to sell me on them, because I do want to play Borderlands 2 again. So the, the really easy way to describe it is that... Wait, you... When you say play Borderlands 2, do you know how Borderlands 3 story DLC works? I do not. Okay. I, I know next to nothing about Borderlands 3 besides the villains being streamers. <laughs> True. We all hate Twitch kids. Yeah. Uh, really, really easy to summarize. There is a story that you will play through in Borderlands games. So they, they've done this in Borderlands 1, 2, I think pre-sequel, but I haven't played the pre-sequel DLCs to know for sure. Uh, and 3. And we're just not going to talk about Tiny Tina's, uh, where they, they give you the main story, you play through the main story, you're like, mm, yes, this is good main story, thank you. And then they will release usually four completely separate, canonical, but, non but not part of the original story uh, blocks of, of things to do. And so this is usually new areas, new enemies, a story, which is fairly self-contained, but we'll, we'll use characters uh, in and out of the main story. and. Um, more often than not, the, re uh, the purposes of wanting to do these is that they give you a particular boss and that boss will have specific drops. Or well, there's some sort of hook that makes you want to play it over and over again. Uh, it's really easy to speak to that for Borderlands 2 because they, they introduced with the, DL with the story DLCs raid boss enemies, which were specific. There's one in each one that is a specific enemy that gives you drops that you can't get anywhere else. They also introduced a new loot rarity. Um, technically three new loot rarities uh, in Borderlands 2. Uh, Borderlands 2 was basically just the, the greatest thing you could do for, for story DLC. Uh, and so 
once you finish the main story of Borderlands 2, which is still very good and still my favorite Borderlands game and one of my top probably five-ish, depending on the criteria, games of all time, mm. uh, you, have four, you have four DLC stories to look forward to. One about pirates and uh, you get a sick new vehicle that you can unfortunately only use in the pirate area, but is a very cool vehicle. Um, a bunch of characters who uh, actually make references in uh, Tales of the Borderlands. Shade, I'm pretty sure, is uh, Tales of the Borderlands. It's, it's actually making me want to go back and play Tales of the Borderlands again, just to, just to, to, yeah, to oh, really I, continue the Borderlands stream. Yeah. I, I'm definitely going to start. No, no, I was just saying that I, after I went back and played Borderlands 3 at the start of the year, sorry, I started playing Borderlands 3 at the start of the year, um, I definitely felt the need to go back and play Tales from the Borderlands. Um, and mm. just for those playing along at home, Borderlands Tales of the Tales of the Tales from the Borderlands Tales, it doesn't matter. Um, is a Telltale style game where it's like an interactive yes. story. It is not the the looter shooter that you would know Borderlands and expect. is. Yeah, so uh, I knew that going in, uh, but a good friend of mine got that on release and was like, "What the fuck? This is literally <laughs> quick time events the game." And I'm like, "Didn't yes." Like, it's like, oh, I read the, like I watched the trailers. It looked cool. I'm like, it didn't show any shooting at all. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Which is kind of a bit, it's a weird gaslight moment for me. Yeah. Um, like, I knew it, and I love those Tales from the Borderlands games, but the people that like Borderlands games, I don't think would appreciate the, the Tales from the Borderlands narrative-focused, quick-time event type of story. Yeah. But unless you really care about the lore, which I sort of do, sort of don't. So, and, and, and that's what's interesting. So, to, to quickly um, run through the rest of the Borderlands 2 deal, I'm not going to go through the other games, but, so, Pirates. Um, the second one is Talk's Campaign of Carnage, which is you meeting one of the best Borderlands characters in the universe, um, Mr. Torg. Although, um, <laughs> canonically, his first name is Mr. Torg. Yes. And his last name is Flexington. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like a, he's a very big, beefy guy um, that is always like yelling and swearing to the point where like all of his subtitles are in capitals. And, and like, bleeped. Yeah, like they bleep out fuck for some reason. And like, I think one, I'm not sure if it's from Borderlands 3 because he makes an appearance in Borderlands 3, but he's like, oh, I'm so bleeping angry. They're bleeping out bleep. Um, it's very fucking funny. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, and so that is an excellent DLC. Sir Hammerlock's uh, Big Game Hunt is a fine DLC. It's memorable for the area because the setting is really cool, but the, there's not a huge amount of story in there. Like, they, they don't introduce any new character. Well, they introduce like a new character, but he. I think comes up, I think he's referenced in other games, but basically has no bearing on anything else. Yeah, cool area though. Lots of lots of interesting enemies and things. Uh, and then Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon's Keep, which is the entire dungeons, uh, bun- bunkers and badasses. Sorry, Dungeons and Dragons in universe ripoff, which they do really well, and then use that as a cap off to the overall story of Borderlands Two, uh, because there's a big tribute to Roland and Bloodwing and things at the end, and it's really nicely tied together and everything. It's really cool. Uh, and then. So, so then, then, then there's a time gap, and then they hit us with the Fight for Sanctuary DLC, where some time has passed, but Helios Station has been brought down, you meet Vaughn, and so now you're tying in with Tales from the Borderlands, and that sets up why and how you know Vaughn, uh, and why he's on Pandora and not on Helios Station in Borderlands 3, and why there's no Sanctuary, because Sanctuary is destroyed at the end of Fight for the Sanctuary DLC. I realize it's a spoiler. Uh, just, just before you go, because right. I'm reading into um, that DLC now, and I think it's yes. very funny. So, don't, so don't forget the uh, original, like Borderlands Two came out in like 2012, 2013, like yeah, a while ago. Yeah. And then 2012 uh, because it was the beginning of the end for my academic career. 
Yeah, nice. yeah, because what it came out in like November, so it's so good. Um, yep, but, it but came yes. out one one week into exams. Yeah, and, and the, but it's it's interesting how like they they sort of remastered Borderlands Two for the Xbox One PS4 generation, and then they knew Borderlands Three was coming out in 2019. And they're like, you know what, Borderlands Two DLC that ties the story together, and it's very very interesting and unique that they've done that. Like what, yep. six years and- later, here's the DLC. And and so not only that they did that they introduced a new rarity of of loot and they int- and they gave us another invincible and they also there was some there was some other component of that as well basically it's not just hey go buy the next game it's no no this is a proper this is the same as the other DLCs mm. like story DLC it's just surprise dropped play this and then and then play Borderlands three and worked on me I uh, yeah I, I was hooked um, final thing I'll say. Uh, running back, going through all of the side missions of the various DLCs. God, the writing in Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon's Keep is just top quality. Yeah, it, it, Every yeah. side quest is so yeah. good. A special shout out to Mr. Torg, who <laughs> who tells you to to blow up one of the blimps that was used to scout for danger, and you do it, and then it just becomes story point after story point when you're playing through the campaign. Anyway, so he, he's in the he's in the village stockade. Um, he, he was banished to horny jail. One of the one of the quests you get from him is uh, he really wants to join um, people playing. He, he really wants to join the kind of geek group. He wants to join. He wants to associate with geek culture. And Lilith wants to uh, kind of gate uh, gatekeep geek culture away from from Mister Torg. Talk about how oh he's just another buff muscly guy. Uh, I suffered from my geekiness. You can't just like you. You can't just come in here and have it so easy. And it's really funny because he has the big. He, he's always doing the big shouty like sort of delivery, but it's it's him like whining and crying about how he just wants to be associated with geek culture, and he finds all this stuff really interesting, and he just wants to like be included in other stuff. But the bit that because I've played I've played this DLC countless times, but there's just something about leaving it for a while, coming back, seeing that quest. And I don't remember what the name of the quest is, but the sub the subtitle for the quest is "Men Belong in the Gym." <laughs> <laughs> and I just I think about that and I just chuckle. Just every every like few minutes when I was playing through that quest of just man, this came out in like twenty I guess twenty thirteen for that DLC, and it just it holds up. The whole thing just holds up. It's been ten years and it's still like I'd recommend anyone that hasn't played Borderlands two to go and play it. Even if you didn't like Borderlands 3, more reason to play it, because that was when they nailed the formula. Anyway, relinquishing my time, because this is already longer than what, I, uh, than what I wanted to speak about. But yeah, in the midst of all the other shit that's come out from various game studios and other just disarray gaming 2023, man, you look back to the real kind of high points of- The good old days of 2012. Pretty much, like, back when the Mayans thought the world was ending, and now, you know, we think, we, we think the world is ending. <laughs> But yeah, no, even harkening back to the the nostalgia episode of Seth and I, like the I, I'd consider those years formative years in in my kind of gaming life, and so many of the games that I hold near and dear to my heart are games that came out around that time, and it's just it's it's really cool that going back and playing a game that is ten years old and having the same feeling because I've played games that are that age or older but haven't held up and you're like, oh, this was great. But like you sort of had to be, you had to be not there at the right time, but like life is strange, for example, because we talked about that. 
that was 2014. And now, you know, it's, it's probably fine, but I don't know if I'd recommend it as highly as I would have done in 2014 to someone, if you sort of get what I mean. Mm, I, think I, yeah, I think I get what you mean, but yeah. you're right. Borderlands anyway, 2 is a fucking amazing game. Yeah, Borderlands 2, absolutely yeah. amazing. Uh, now that you've said that, I think it's probably, if not in my top five, my top 10 game, it is definitely probably my first, my like, first place, first person shooter game, just for, like how it feels now, controls. Yeah. And um, I do miss from Borderlands 3 all the extra little parkour and quality of life that they gave it, like being able to kind of climb up ledges and stuff. Uh, I oh, do yeah. miss that and not being able to slide uh, has, has bit me a little bit. But you, like, I don't know. Uh, I've played quite a lot of Borderlands 2. After the first sort of hour, it was like, oh, yeah, I can't do that. And I never tried after that point. Uh, it'd be nice if I could, sure, but whoa, I, don't, whoa, I, didn't, I don't miss it. It's been such a long time since I've played the Borderlands games. I'm not actually quite sure if I like one or two better. There's, I think it's just something about one that sticks in my memory more than two did, and not not to detract from two. Two's an excellent game. It's yeah. just I think I'm more nostalgic for one because I played I played more playthroughs of that game than I did two. And and that that's fair. One I think definitely has its place, but I think one one didn't really find its niche. Because my memories of one was that it was very, it was focused much more on the kind of post-apocalyptic adventure survivally type mm, angle yeah. to it, and yeah. it really found its feet tone-wise in Borderlands Two. So there are parts of Borderlands One that I I really liked. I um I sort of missed the weapon proficiency system that they introduced, and the Iridian weapons were just bonkers, as well yeah. as just randomly finding a gun that would just literally give you ammo regeneration even if you didn't like the gun you just got it to save money on ammo so a lot of things they they really did well in borderlands 1 but borderlands 2 is it's like assassin's creed 1 to assassin's creed 2 it was a fairly revolutionary style of game when it came out and it should be lauded for the technical i guess feat that that was bringing it to the world when nothing like it existed previously but the second iteration was when they absolutely smashed like just the vision of what the first game could have been yeah, it's a perfect building block. Like, Borderland One was like okay, it was sort of like didn't really. It it was a bit different with the whole like a million like thousands of guns that could drop and they're all procedurally generated type of thing. But then Borderlands Two took it a little bit far, further and combined it all and made it genuinely fun to play. Yeah, yeah, oh, and this also, is exactly why I want to do a replay of Borderlands Two because I know in my heart that it's a really great game, but also in my heart I'm just kind of more nostalgic for one and I want to revisit both of them just to have a more recent playthrough and comparison of the two games. Also, shout out to, um, oh shit, there was a point that I was going to make. Fuck, <laughs> I've lost it. No, I think it is gone. Yeah, one, one thing that I will say, um, Borderlands 1, in terms of how, yeah, in terms of the tone, I admittedly, I was younger when I played Borderlands 1 than, than when I played Borderlands 2. Only, you know, a couple of years or so, but because the tone wasn't that clear, it was like, do I really want to go into this next area? Because... I don't know if what I'll be doing will be that. Like, it was kind of like, how, how do I describe this? Going into a new area in Borderlands 2 is great because the tone tells you it's going to be quite quippy and lighthearted and fun. And all of the things that give you signs to the contrary of like people on spikes and other kind of fairly visceral things. Mm. don't detract from the tone that you know and can expect. But Borderlands 1 was interesting because they had the same visceral images. Like, I remember 
I don't remember who it was, but going up to one of the boss fights and it's just bodies everywhere. And it's like, I don't know if I particularly enjoy <laughs> what what this game's going for, because it was quite uh like brutal, really. And the writing was dry, but it wasn't that lighthearted, I'd say, because it was much more of a of a, of a hard game. So yeah, it's interesting. The the tone really adjusted how I wanted to play Borderlands One compared to Two. Yeah, it gets me more silly in Two as well. Yeah, exactly. And then and then as soon as the the um you know finished Borderlands One, when actually this game is amazing, played it a bunch more times, and then saw the uh, Awimoe uh, trailer with Claptrap. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, this this is it. I'm I'm getting this. I got I got me a bunch of friends together. We all pitched in for the the four pack of licenses. Remember when they used to do that on Steam? Uh, not really. Did they actually stop that? I haven't seen it for a while, but I also haven't tried to find it for a while. I'm sure there's still games that do that, but it's less frequent now because there's less frequent games coming out that are four-player co-op shooters or co-op games in general. It's true, but yeah, got a bunch of friends together, all picked picked a class we wanted, away we went, never looked back. Uh, We've been speaking about Borderlands for a lot longer than I expected. Obviously, I could continue speaking about this for ages, but um, Fantastic overall, game, but ten, 10 out of ten. Ten. That's right. Ten out of ten. Whoa! Is that one of the first tens we've given? Uh, wait. Maybe. So what, 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 what did you give um, Stranger in Paradise? Maybe a nine. I think. I'd need to go back. I'm not sure if I gave it a nine or a ten. Hmm. Any super fans at home want to catalog all the reviews that we've given for games? <laughs> By the way, so right. I, I catalog all of my games and their scores. Don't you fellas do it? No. Um, I'm too busy playing them. I did, but my Twitter account got suspended, so I don't have that anymore. Why are you cataloging them on Twitter? Elon because Musk I was making a media know. thread and cataloging movies as well. How'd you watch those movies? How'd you play those games, I guess? Yeah, okay. Broadlands 2, fantastic games. On the Switch, if he want to get it on the Switch as well. I just want to quickly add for the, um, for the four-pack thing. Um, they still have it for Borderlands 2, but it doesn't update its price with sales like um, the single license does or the Game of the Year license does. So at the moment, for the next six and a half hours, you can buy Borderlands 2 for six and a half dollars, the Game of the Year edition for $10.40, or you can get a four pack for $77.85. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's so good. Games. You, you have Borderlands 2, I said. I think I have it on PS5 and not Steam. I will buy it for you on Steam right now. <laughs> I mean, I can do Ooh. it myself, but I've got it on PS5. I was going to play it there. No crossplay though. Yeah, I know. That's the, that's the one shitty part. And the good news is um, the, the save editors are good enough that you can transfer. I think you can even transfer across platforms because I've definitely oh. transferred. I've definitely transferred saves to and from PS3 where I had Borderlands 2. I have it on so many platforms. I have it on fucking Vita as well. <laughs> so um, I'm good, fellas. Yeah, I forgot Queensland just scored. scored on I don't Vita. Talk about Borderlands anymore. Queensland just scored. We're gonna start crying now. That's, oh, that's, uh, okay. It was a good try. I'll give it to him. But um, I remembered. Oh, I remembered the, the two other game. things. I remember the two other points that I forgot earlier. Um, Fight for Sanctuary also introduced the ability to create a level thirty character rather than a level one to get into it faster, which I thought was a really nice touch. And somehow there has been a patch for Borderlands Two. I don't know what it did or what it introduced, but it means that. On Steam for Windows, your version will be 2.0 point something. But uh, if you want to play on Mac, where it runs really fucking well on my Mac, uh, it's 1.8.5. And on Linux, Proton DB, I'm assuming for Steam Deck, 1.8.4. 
So you actually have to downgrade the Windows version in order to to play with um, other platforms. Anyway, interesting. I, I just uh, thought it was interesting because it's like, like yeah, because exactly because it's just like, well, what what the fuck would have changed? <laughs> it's, it's not like there's a balance update or anything, but for some reason, Aspir and whoever manages the Linux one decided, no, let's just not let's just not run that patch. And so, my dumbass googling, why can't I play with my friend? We're both on Steam. Anyway, now I'm done with Borderlands 2. Still a 10 out of 10 game. Go and play it. Especially buy it if it's on sale for the next six and a half hours. So you can just knock this together and get this up in like an hour, right? Take that as a yes. The uh, silence is deafening. Silence is deafening. Um, cool. Well, Probably upset that Queensland scored. <laughs> I guess uh, throwing back to you again, Steve. Wrestling chat now, wrestling chat later. Uh, I don't know. Wrestling chat later. Um, I just want to, He's going to keep pushing it back as long as possible. All right, hit, hit us with the Persona stuff, and ideally, don't make it go for thirty minutes. I'm so sorry if fucking happens every anytime I'm passionate about something. Yeah, no, nah, lo- love to see the passion. Um, hate uh, that you'll yell at us for the the chat, the podcast recording going late. Um, <laughs> classic. It happens right. every week. So, yeah, no, uh, any, Seth, anyway. Seth, if, if you could just if you could just make an editor's note, uh, I think at one stage Steve said uh, he was worried the editor was going to king hit him. If you could just add add like the editor and the host to king hit Steve, uh, that'd be great. I'll just insert and- clips of both of us king hitting him. <laughs> clips, like, like take yeah, clips, <laughs> like uh, like taking turns or like power up punch, like Power Ranger at the same time punch. It'd be a combination of both. We're going to show up at the same time and kink hit him at the same time. Then we're going to do it one at a time and like in a in a tag team style. Like you'll hit him, then you'll tag me in to hit him, and then I'll tag you back and you do it again. And then one of us like DDTs the ref, and then we just continue beating on him. Yeah, but the, but the, but the ref in this case is like a cop. We just need a steel chair, and we're all good to go. <laughs> and Vince McMahon. I'd prefer not having Vince McMahon there. He's a shit booker. <laughs> Imagine, imagine he gives us new lines while we're king hitting Steve. He'll somehow, no, he'll somehow turn the match to go from us beating Steven to Steven somehow getting the win. Oh, uh, we can't have that. Anyway, so Persona. Persona 3 Portable. Oh, where do I even how start po- this how, game? Sorry, how portable is it? Uh, very portable, actually. It depends on how you pl- want to play it. So, uh, have you played this game, Pat? No. Persona 4, one of the Persona 4s, either Golden or whatever one, everyone, or maybe it's 5, fuck, I don't know. Everyone says they are fantastic games and I should play them. Let me guess, was it on the Vita? No, no, I haven't played it. I'm saying I've been told repeatedly to play oh, okay. one of I, one I of thought you were saying five. you played one of them. No, nah, no, 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 I, I haven't played any of them. Uh, it's, it's the sort of game I've... I... Fuck, they got another try. What is going on? <laughs> Fucking put me in, coach. Holy shit. I, I, uh, vaguely, I vaguely understand how the game works, and I think it is the sort of game that I'd find enjoyable, but everyone says, oh, you know, it really gets good after about 50 hours, and I'm like, oh, I just don't know oh, that yeah. kind of time. So, okay, so, it's only five hours. <laughs> five hours, you fucking said. You can't do anything for five hours. Um, Bro, anyway. I, get, I get into Borderlands, I'm in within, like, an hour. <laughs> yeah, it so, takes yeah. five hours for you to get control of your character, and you like it. Ugh. It, it does take a little bit. Okay, so anyway, Persona 3 Portable. Oh. So Persona 3 came out for the, play, the PlayStation 2 at like 2004, 2003, so 2006. Who, is that fucking... Jesus Christ. Persona 4 so came late. out in 2008. Persona 3 was around the time the PS3 launched, I think, or like yeah, a couple months beforehand. Something ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, and Persona 4 was after the PS3 was already out. Yeah, for a while as well, which is... I didn't realize it was that late. But anyway, yeah. 
So Persona Portable is a port to the PSP, I believe. Um, you are correct. Yeah. It's the PSP. It, yeah, it yeah. would have been if it's portable. Yeah, as, as opposed to the Vita. Um, so now this game was ported in 2009. It is a very different Persona game. Uh, it, well, okay, so Persona games in general, um, I remember shilling Persona 4 probably 12 months ago now. I'm actually probably yeah, close to 18 because I went through it and played that. Um, and it, it, it's, they're very narrative-heavy JRPGs. Um, there are essentially two parts to the game. There are the, the story aspects and social links and relationship building with uh, your friends and random strangers um, you meet on the street. And then there are the dungeon-crawling parts of the game where it's combat and you're up against shadows and you're fusing personas to get, like, better personas. And a persona is essentially at the manifestation of psychic powers. Very, very similar to Stan's in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, to make that a reference. And Persona, and, and half of this is very predicated on the fact that I played Persona 4 first. I played Persona 4 in 2016. Um, I emulated it. Oh, no, I'm being killed by Jim Ryan. Um, <laughs> and then I played Persona 5 on release uh, like a year later when that came out. And I loved both those games. They're both fantastic. Both great story, great cast of characters. Uh, the combat of the dungeon calling is very cool. And the social links themselves and the writing is fantastic. And the voice acting is fantastic as well. Because I'm playing this with the English dub and it is very good. There's like a lot of in, in Persona 3 as well. But 4 and 5 also have just, just very good voice acting. Yeah, the only, the only thing that I don't like about Persona 5 specifically, and this is like a nitpick, is that they don't pick how they want to um, pronounce uh, Takamaki and uh, Sakamoto. Oh, oh yeah, no, 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 no. it's not that they can't pick for Sakamoto, it's that they've said it wrong, they're going uh, Sakamoto instead of uh, Sakamoto. And yeah, and depending on which character says it, it, it's said font fucking differently. Yeah, um, and yeah. Takamaki is said multiple different ways throughout the game, but that, yeah. that's like a nitpick, like voice performance-wise, they're, they're all fantastic. Yeah, well anyway, I, I didn't want to get this into a Persona 4, Persona 5 chat. So, and Persona 3, it is... You can tell what they're doing. You can tell what they're cooking. I don't think it, it is a very good game, but I think the quality of life changes that four and five make pretty much leave this game in the dust. Like it's, I don't think the story is that good as well. Um, it doesn't seem to be, it, it seems to, there's no real sense of progression. Like four and five, there are bad things happening. You have to solve the problem with three. It's like, oh, hey, uh, there's another full moon. Uh, there's another enemy to beat. Uh, let's, I guess we should do that. Like, it's, it, there's no just sort of sense of a broader world. There's like a bunch of unknowns. Um, like there is this uh, massive dungeon, or dungeon's probably a weird word for it, but a massive tower called Tartarus. And you've got to sort of climb Tartarus, a sort of one part train your character, one part to find missing people that have walked in, and one part to sort of just solve the mystery of Tartarus and the mystery of the dark hour, which is at 12 o'clock every night, there's an extra hour and only Persona users can sort of be awake and conscious in that time. And everybody else goes into coffins for whatever reason. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm sorry, Stephen, you said this at the beginning of the section and I'm going to have to be that guy. Persona 3 is a 80 hour RPG and the story gets really fucking good at like the 45, 50 hour mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so another, I wasn't going to talk about this um, because I think it, it might have hampered my experience, but I have seen the 
The movies? Yeah, I've seen the movies. I saw the movies about 12 months ago. I finished Persona 4 and I'm like, oh, I want to watch the movies. And there's six movies, I believe. Uh, and those movies are fantastically four, paced. Four movies, one for each four season, movies? I think. Okay. And those four movies are very good. They're very well paced. Um, and they sort of tell the story without all the fluff. I get the feeling you know, I've, I've, played, I've played for about that 30 hours. Uh, and I get the feeling that it's like it's, this first part is all fluff. Uh, and I know what's coming. And I'm like, hmm, this should hurry up. And it's just like a bunch of just comments and things that are alluding to what's going to happen later. I'm like, oh, we're not there yet. Let's still take time. Yeah, so I can see like- that being a, a pace runner because it's all slow build up throughout the game and there's things happening and characters getting introduced. Not the same way that Persona 4 and 5 do them, but like mm. things are slowly yeah. unraveling as you're going up Tartarus and taking out each of the um the uh, Arcana. The tarot bosses. Yeah. The Arcana, yeah, that's it. But yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's going through the movie first and knowing what's coming, that's going to put like a big damper on i know where this is going i want to get there already sort of feeling yeah and i and i get the feeling that these are all me problems like i've played the sequels to this game and the sequels do what this does a lot better i've watched the movies the movies tell the story a lot better so i'm in this weird world where it's like i'm still having a good time but i'm just nitpicking a lot of things hmm I feel like at this point the most you're going to get out of uh, playing Persona 3 is all the social link stuff that they don't 100% cover in the movies. Yeah, and that's, uh, I sort of is, is so just for those listening at home and for you Pat, um these social links are well, I I am listening at home. Yep. Fuck you got me. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> you are. Yeah, yes I am. Yeah, uh, so these social links are so th- Literally, Persona 3, like, works in a day format. Like, you'll Monday you'll go to school and you've got, like, an afternoon session where you can hang out with somebody or do something. And then you've got, like, a night session where you can do something like explore Tartarus or you can hang out with someone else and build that social link. And the things you can do include, like, doing homework, studying at the library, because you are, like, a school person, like a school person, a school kid, 15 years old, and you sort of made it, like, you've come to this school and then sort of you're trying to fit in because you're a new boy and... Look like a fucking emo dweeb. <laughs> you wouldn't survive these days. But it feels like what it's, it, it just feels like long. Like it doesn't, like with Persona 4, and once again, I'm comparing it to Persona 4, which I think is completely unfair. Um, so actually, you know what? I'm not going to make that comparison because it's completely unfair. But it just pads out what you've got to do in those day-to-day sections. It's like there's no... Like, it's pretty much like once a month, there'll be like a big cutscene where you've got to burst like one of the big bosses, one of the Arcanas. And then pretty much between that, you've got a month to do whatever you want. And then it's sort of you get to, by the time you finish that month, it's like, okay, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm not burnt out, but I'm just sort of sick of it. Like, I, I, I want some other interactions um, outside of like the norm and getting into the routine of what you're doing. Like, okay, I know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, I'm going to work at the cafe to raise my courage and get some money. Um, in the nighttime, and then on Thursday and Friday, I'm going to go to the the club. Um, for some reason, they let minors in and hang out with this alcoholic priest or alcoholic monk or whatever. Uh, and I thought so you just get into the routine of that, and I, it doesn't not punish you for doing that, but it just tells you you've got to keep doing that. Like I'm not really sure if that's the point the game's trying to make, but it's just not fun and it's not new. And then you do fill up a, a social link, and it's like, well, I can't do that anymore. I have to find something else. All right, yes, they put a try down up the... Actually, did they? Maybe not. Oh, no, it's held up. The fucking dogs. Yeah, so nah, this really is like the go. first time that they went and did this because 
Before Persona 3, Persona 1 and 2 were very different games, and very Persona 3 was... different games. Yeah, and Persona 3 was, like, this harsh reboot of what you do in the games. So this is kind of, like, the building stones of what it will become, and I agree, Persona 4 does a lot to improve on the formula, but I do think that Persona 3 does have its place. I think, um... I do think that the social links in this game are the strongest of the social links that are in the, um, in the rest of the series, like for, for minor characters, not for party members, because, um, you don't really get party member ones. Well, not that I have to. No, you don't get them for a long time. You basically, they're basically new game plus, um, logs. New game plus. Like you you need your social stats that high that they might as well be new game plus. Like I Ah, think, I think to start the Mitsuru one, you need to be genius. Yeah, you or have to be a genius, genius and you have to later. be the top of your class for one of the exams. Fucking hell, I can fucking do that. So, um, so she's got like two barriers before you can even start hers. But yeah. for all the other minor characters, you know, besides Moon, the fat kid, that his whole problem is that he keeps eating. Besides him, all of them are really like good he's and really funniest, strong. He's the funniest character. Um, I, I fucking yeah, hated him. Yeah, and I like you join the sports team. There's that runner, and he can't run anymore because he's like fucked his leg or something. But it's like, yeah. no, I got to keep running because I promised my my cousin dying of cancer that I'll win. <laughs> what, like, okay, I, like- <laughs> yeah. what I don't like about the social links, and I don't know if you share this same thought as me, but I don't like that when you get to their pivotal moments, you have to give them the worst advice in the world uh, to progress them and get the maximum points out of them. Like there's this one where um, you're helping this little girl and she's having a rough time at home. And she's just oh, yeah, like- parents are getting divorced. Yeah, yeah, it's her parent- fault. yeah, and she thinks it's her fault. And- Basically, to get the maximum uh, points, like social link points out of her, you have to tell her to run away from home. Like, <laughs> there, there's a couple of other options. Like, yeah, no, um, to go back, try to sort it out, blah, blah, blah. But the best result option for her is tell her to run away. And all of them are like that. Like the runner, your, your first instinct is to tell him, like, look, calm like, down, go. Yeah, like, get your like don't fixed. run. Get, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the best result for him is just push through the pain, keep running. Even if you break your leg, it'll be worth it. Yeah, well, so I, I think that's just more. I, I sort of agree with that, and I sort of don't. I think it's more because of you're not you're not telling them bad advice. You're telling them what they want to hear. Yeah, um, yeah, and and that's like in a real life conversation, telling someone that they don't want to hear something. You're like, like a your best friend in your entire world that you've known for like 20 years, you're not going to go up to them and be like, man, you stink, have a shower. Like, they don't want to hear that. Maybe you would, but you'd still hurt their I was feelings. Say, that's, that's an interesting example to bring up, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pat, by the way, can I talk to you real quick? <laughs> um, can smell you from across the st- pond, mate. Steve, <laughs> Steve your, mistake, your mistake there is thinking that we were friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, All right, take a shower. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope um, whichever team right, support instead of Origin uh, loses. Yeah, that's not funny at all. I think the Blues just got to try. Hang on, does he does he put the ball down? Uh, I don't know. There might be an arm on the way. Something um, that isn't in the later games, but I think is interesting, is actually the opportunity to rank down your social links. Like if you give them like the, that the, doesn't happen. It, that doesn't exist in Persona Three Portable. That oh, did exist. they remove it for po- yep, Portable? They, okay, they which thank God. Because depending on if, like, if I get bored of a character, I'm like, I'm not talking to you for like a month. And then from my understanding is that they decay and you lose ranks. I'm not going through. I'm not talking to them again. Get fucked. Yeah, um, no, God, I, I think it's a very interesting, um, a very interesting mechanic that for the one game works, but I'm glad that as a quality of life improvement, they removed it late, later on. 
Yeah. No, but so uh, anyway, so what Persona 3 Portable does is it, uh, because it, from my understanding, well, in Persona 4 and 5, you're in like the world and I'm assuming Persona 3 is the five, like the same. Like you're like a 3D model and you're walking down 3D, like a 3D wall, like world and you've got corridors and stuff. Persona 3 Portal, because it was on the PSP, took out that the world exploration. It is literally like you're giving a map and there's a bunch of like models on that map. And if you want to talk to someone, you're just put the cursor over it and you're talking to them. And that loses the soul of it so much. And maybe that's why I'm not really digging the game. Like there, there is 3D exploration of Tartarus for the combat and all that. But that you lose the sense of soul in the world. And that's what really... Uh, I think that's just why I'm not engaging with that game as much as I did for 4 and 5. Like, the music is pretty good. It's not as good as 4 and 5, but it's still, like, pretty fantastic. Oh, come on. Baby, 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 baby at the start of every battle track is amazing. Um, it is very amazing for the first couple of hours, and the grind that is Tartarus makes me fucking sick of it. Not a fan of it anymore. But, yeah, a big appeal of Persona is just running around and being part of these uh, uh, areas of Japan. So yeah, I, I can see yeah. why just making it a, a map that you just click and point adventure through would lose some of that appeal. Yeah. And, and I, I get the feeling I'm, I'm coming off very negative with this game, but it, it is quite good. Like, like the, the combat, the turn-based combat is pretty good. Um, it is a bit simple. It's just literally, it's for the, the normal characters, like, normal characters, normal enemies, it's pretty much just like, you know their weakness, use the the thing against it, and then that's pretty much it. Like, the bosses are complex because you don't really know what is they're weak against until you analyse them, and so figuring that out is, like, an interesting type of puzzle. Yeah, I think some Arcana bo- uh, bosses are actually treated like puzzles as well, like there's certain mechanics that only exist in those Arcana bosses, which is interesting because I don't think those really existed again until... Persona 5 had some moments of like, yeah, quickly send out this party member to go do something. You'll lose that character for a couple of turns, but it'll give mm. you a big advantage in the boss fights if you do it. Yeah, and, and there's another thing that Persona 3 Portable introduces is uh, you can select a female character um, as opposed from the default male character. The female character isn't just like a, a swap, like it's got different social links. It's a, it's a roughly the same story, but it is like different enough to warrant a second playthrough. So I'm sort of thinking about if I will go back and do another playthrough, but yeah, I'm sort of on the fence about it. And keep in mind, I think I'm only like 35 hours into this game. So I'm not even halfway yet. These games are fucking massive. And I, the, there is a lot of dialogue in this game um, to the point like, uh, when I've got my dinner and I'm sitting down, I'm not going to put on YouTube. I'm going to put on Persona 3 and just fuck around with the dialogue. <laughs> actually like, just play it while eating. Yeah, like you put on like the auto cue for the text. It goes like semi-fast and there we go. It, I don't hate it like because the story and the social links are pretty good. And, like, interesting to sort of read or listen to. Do you need to have uh, like Family Guy funny moments on another screen or something? Or uh, So I've got my the, the TV with Persona 3. Um, on my yeah. phone, I've got um, Jetpack Joyride, oh, and, on, yeah, yeah, and on the laptop yeah, cool. in my right hand side, I've Subway got Subway uh, No, no, I've got Family Guy. Um, try, oh, not to okay. laugh, try not to laugh challenge. Hashtag yeah. impossible. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this game is very good. I'll give it. I'll, I'll tell it that. But this game is not for everybody. I'll say that if you like JRPGs, if you like story focused sort of narratives, that sort of take a lot of time to get into and then sort of once you get used to everything it's very nice 
the 2023 port did do a bit of uh, AI upscaling of a couple of background areas, and they're not really nice. They, some areas it looks really blurry, so you can tell they just like dragged and dropped it. Sorry, not dragged and dropped it. Um, they've used just like the expand tool. They they left it um, at the first pass. Mm, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they didn't like. So, yeah, cool. There you go. I looked at it. It looks similar. All the best. Like how San Andreas has those um truck nuts things, the donut nuts, and um instead of having uh, like yeah, a hexagon yeah. nuts, it just rounded it off because AI didn't know that it was supposed to be a hexa hexagon nut. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm still loving this game. I'd probably give it a seven though. A seven. Yeah, but at the same time, I know I know my my perception is warped because I played four and five, and they're much better games. If I had played this, if I and because of the the what they've done with portable, they've made it a map overview instead. Like it loses the soul. And I don't really think I appreciate it that much, but if I had played this game first, I might have a different opinion, but fortunately I don't like if I'm assessing it by what I know now, and it is a very long game. If you don't have a lot of time, play Persona 5 instead, even Persona 4. Yeah. Hard, hard to recommend this game. Even with the, the debuff of this being portable version, you also came into this game with, the debuffs of knowing the story beforehand because you've seen the movies and yeah. playing Persona 4 and 5 beforehand, which just have a shit ton of their general quality of life improvements over Persona 3. So I can yeah. see why this would be rough. But even then, a 7 is a good score with all those debuffs, I find. Yeah, no, no it's still a fantastic game. And the core of what Persona is, half dungeon crawling, half story, social links type of thing, it's still there and it's still good and fun to play. It's just, if you... It's hard to recommend this game when there is Persona 4 and Persona 5. Or if you go and tell someone, oh, yeah, start with Persona 3, then 4, then 5. That is 300 hours in those three games. Like, you'll get burnt out because nothing, the formula is pretty much the same. The stories are different. Yeah, no, I play like, a, I, I went through a Persona game like every couple of years instead of like yeah. back to backing them. Like, yeah, like even, even playing Persona 3 FES, there's the whole um extra story yeah, that's another... Yeah, the answer, which is apparently another hundred hours on top of Persona Three, and I still haven't gone back to go shit. into that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a whole it's a other game. giant dungeon I crawler. It was like a, I thought it was like just a fucking staple couple ten, couple hours. Of time. I thought Jeez, it was going to be like... twenty hours at most when I was uh, starting mm. up Persona Three. So when I was told it's a hundred hours, it's like, yeah, no, that's going to go onto the back burner. And I played Persona Three yeah. two years ago, and I still haven't gone back to do that. Yeah, well. Um, there are rumors that a Persona 3 remake is in the works, and maybe my opinion will change when saying that. There's a lot of potential in to to make that but very then, cool, but right. But I, then, but then the thing is, but then the thing is, with that right? Do they do the Blinding Diamond Shining Pearl remake of? Oh yeah, no, all those quality of life upgrades like Infinite TMs gone. We're making it true to the original. They, can, they can't. They, they can't. Like it's the game is dated enough that they won't get a. They won't get a. They won't get a new audience doing this. I'll get the old audience. I mean, a portion of the Persona, old audience. Persona 3, 2006. When, when was Diamond and Pearl? That would have been 2000. And Unfair five. comparison. Pokemon people are, uh, are brainwashed. And the people that, <laughs> that want. We were, I was calling for a Gen 4 remake, and nothing sort of. You don't like. Nothing reminds you that Gen 4 was bad as actually playing with it. With Rose Center Goggles, it's fine. Um, but I think if they... That's it, so it, true, actually. It's it so is, sad, it but it's so true. Yeah, I used to say Gen 4 was my favorite, and now I've replayed it. I'm like, yeah, maybe not. But you needed the quality of life changes from Platinum at the very least, regardless of like what happens in Gen 5, 6, and 7. They did not put 
the quality of life changes from the better version of it in. And it's just, it's just frustrating to play. Yeah, it's rose-tinted glasses that have to do the quality of life changes in this one to capture a new audience or, or to at least capture the majority of people that want to play Persona 3 again because it is a big-time investment. But enough. 7 out of 10. Back to the footy. 7 out of 10. Well, speaking of 7 out of 10s, uh, Seth, do you want to talk about wrestling? Um, am I allowed to talk about wrestling now? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm just going to do a couple of honks and shoes. <laughs> yeah, you, you do that. You get your nap. You deserved it. Thanks, King. You drop this and it's like a bill. It's like a pillow. <laughs> no, 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 it's it's a wrestling belt. Come on. Oh, hey. he's gonna use it to hang himself. <laughs> it's a pillow Sorry, in man. the shape of a wrestling belt. Uh, also, oh, state of or- state of origin update. That's not looking good, fellas. Ten nil Queensland's way. Yeah, I told you it. It's never coming to New South Wales. It's never don't coming. don't don't you guys have to rename that part of the country? Like, we don't have a queen anymore. It's uh, it's gonna be Kingsland uh, yeah. for the next yeah. few years. Next few years, it'll be for a while. Um, just no no i'm calling it now we're We're bringing back royal assassinations for the crown i was was gonna say uh uh, you you heard it here first seth is saying it's only called kingsland until may 23rd uh 2024 you know what there's so much rain in um new zealand shouldn't be called new zeal wet the the blues gotta try it the blue the blues just gotta try so my joke is directly responsible for that (laughs) AEW this past weekend had um, their, one of their pay-per-view events called Double or Nothing. So AEW does a smart thing where they only have a pay-per-view once every quarter, unlike WWE, who has one every month. Yeah, so this was a... These are what, always a- like... AEW hate money? Why, why, why not once a month? Uh, probably because having them once every quarter makes them a bigger deal, draws in more people, and it lets their weekly shows do, do a lot more. So, tangent onto WWE for a moment, all of the storylines since WrestleMania have been spinning their wheels until this past weekend when they had um, Night of Champions happen, and I'm not going to talk about that one because that's one of their monthly ones, not one of their big events, but a lot of storylines for the past two months have just been spinning their wheels and going nowhere until that event happened. So, AEW, they go, well, we have a pay-per-view once every quarter. So we need to make sure our weekly shows are delivering pay-per-view quality matches and interest to keep the crowd interested in our show. And that, that works out really well for them. I'm glad that they do that. It, it, makes, it makes watching them weekly a lot more exciting than watching WWE weekly. I don't know, man. Zero, zero, 0.1 compared to zero is still, you know, it's hardly, hardly a 10. It, it's more like half a star versus five stars every week. But yeah, uh, to catch people up that haven't heard us talk about AEW stuff before, AEW stands for All Elite Wrestling, and they're the um they're the main wrestling. competition against uh, WWE as the big heavyweight wrestling promotion in the US. Cool. So now that they're all caught up, <laughs> yeah. So this card had eleven matches on it. Don't worry, I won't talk about all eleven of of them. I'm only going to talk about three of them. Oh, good, because I was worried you'd pull out a tier list. No, 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 don't worry about that. Um, the three big matches I want to talk about are Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match, MJF versus Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen and Jungle Boy Jack Perry in a fatal four-way match for the AEW World Championship, and the Blackpool Combat Club versus The Elite in an Anarchy in the Arena match. Two of these matches aren't really wrestling matches. They're just watching people lay waste into each other for about half an hour 
for shits and giggles. That's funny. That's what people come and listen to us for. Yeah, you're not wrong. There's, there's so many times <laughs> I get interrupted and it feels like a steel chair to the head. <laughs> yeah, so first up, Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. This was an unsanctioned match, which means, like, in, in kayfabe, which is wrestling story, uh, there's no rules and AEW won't be held accountable for whatever happens in that match. If someone loses an arm, that's on them. So naturally, you would assume that this means that the match would keep going until one person is pinned or submits. Instead, the match ended because of a referee saying that Chris Jericho was unable to fight back against Adam Cole, and that deflated the crowd for the entire night because the match was great. It had a lot of people excited going into it, a lot of people excited watching the match. There's a lot of really good spots that were happening, and that finish just deflated everyone for the next hour and a half-ish. Because this was a four-hour event, and this was pretty early into the night. So a lot, of, um, a lot of the matches later in the card just kind of had really bad audience feedback because of how much people were annoyed by this. Right, yeah. And yeah, it had, it had a bunch of fun spots. Like, both guys ended up spraying each other with a fire extinguisher at different points in the match. Like, <laughs> Chris Jericho had um, Adam Cole in his um, Walls of Jericho submission hold. And when he looks back, Adam Cole was pointing the fire extinguisher at his face and sprayed it all over him to get the submission holds it taken off him. Okay. Uh, was it the same fire extinguisher used by both? Yeah, yeah. It was the same fire extinguisher used by both. So, like, Adam Cole let go of it at some point. Chris Jericho picked it up later on in the match and sprayed him as payback. Like, like I said, this is just stupid, goofy shit happening this match. It's not a real wrestling match. This is just watching people do stupid shit for the sake of watching people do stupid shit. At some point, Britt Baker, which is Adam Cole's wife, comes into the match and starts beating up Chris Jericho with a, um, a bamboo stick because I actually don't remember what was happening at this point. But, oh, right, right. So on one of the weekly shows, Chris Jericho handcuffed Adam Cole to the ring ropes so that he couldn't, like, get out of the corner. And then he called down this group of um, female stars to beat up uh, Britt Baker in the middle of the ring and make Adam Cole watch and not be able to do anything. So this was kind of her payback moment to come into the ring and beat up on Chris Jericho while no one was around to defend him. Isn't this cock porn? (laughs) Yes, Steve, it's exactly like cock porn. (laughs) Kind of, I guess. So this match ended with um, Adam Cole winning, but not in the way he wanted. Chris Jericho being pissed because it was stopped by referee stoppage and not, like, a proper way. So backstage, he, um, he demanded a tag team match where he calls in one of the girls that helped him beat up Britt Baker a couple of weeks ago to go against Adam Cole and Britt Baker at one of the weekly shows that's going to be coming up soon. And then, out of nowhere, because I've missed this at some point, he throws a fireball in the face of the person interviewing him because I don't know when it happened. But Chris Jericho is claiming he's a wizard now and is just throwing fireballs in people's faces. Wrestling is fucking stupid, and I love it. Sorry. 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 Hang on. Whoa. Hang on. Hang on. Sorry. I, I must have zoned out for a second uh, with my honking shoes. Um, a fireball. I didn't realize this was Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, no. He's, he's, he's a self-proclaimed wizard and throwing fireballs at people. Because what do these fireballs look like? Are they just him going, fireball? Basically, like he, Smoke bomb. he he's off camera. He he ignites something, and it just like it's just like a fi- flash of fire going in front of the pe- person's face. Yeah. So next up, there's this um, there's the Four Pillars AEW Championship match, which I said before against uh, Jack Perry, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and MJF. 
this is a big match for these four guys because they're all young up and coming stars and for the past two three months they've all been booked as like the future face of the company they're all going to be massive stars no matter what any one of them could be the champion and they'd all deserve it this is just like their push to start a moment like prove yourself match so MJF is coming into this match as the only heel, which is a bad guy in wrestling terms. Thank you for that. He is working his ass off to make this uh, this entire match work. Like he's got, he has to bounce off three other guys and um, prop them up while making himself look like the biggest dickhead in the world. And he's doing it really well. He's doing a fantastic job doing what he needs to do. Something something uh, lighter though, and this will this will play into the match. During everyone's entrances, Sammy came out with his wife with some cue cards to announce that they're going to be having a, pay- a baby. It-, it was a cute moment. The crowd goes ballistic. It's a really big feel-good moment. So MJF being the-, the bad guy, at some point pretty early in the match, he- uh, Darby Allen and uh, Jack Perry are outside the ring, kind of knocked out a little bit. And him and Sammy are in the middle of the ring. So MJF goes, grabs a microphone, and he's like, hey, listen, you got a baby on the way. Think about it. Just let me win. I'll give you a cut of the profits. You can help your baby that way. And all bygones be bygones. Just let me take the win. So Wait, so this is being, hang on, wait, 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 wait. This is being aired out on like national TV. Well, like, international like TV on, even. But like, like TV, like it's not like interview afterhand or something. Yeah, like no, no. A, this, is, this is all happening uh, live on this, on, in the wrestling ring. Crazy. Man, yeah. that's fucking crazy. <laughs> so Sam, Sammy agrees. He's like, fine, I'll lay down. I'll let you take the win. And as um, MJF goes to take the pin, he gets him into like a uh, playing possum roll up and um, tries to huh. take the win for himself. And that, that just kind of pushes the match longer too because MJF obviously kicks out of that and it, it just pushes the match to keep going. Mm. But it, this is where I get into more like, like match uh, theory, I guess is what I want to call it. So usually with Fatal 4-Way matches, like even Triple Threat matches, they're pretty messy matches because you've got so many people you have to keep track of. Yeah. Big, big chunks of the matches, one or two people are going to be outside of the ring while the other two people carry the in-ring action. And that, that's like, it, in WWE, it makes things like really um, obvious, like, oh, hey, this guy's been out of the ring for like five to ten minutes. Uh, he's he's probably going to come in for a big spot and like steal the win from underneath these other two guys. And yeah, like ninety percent of uh, WWE's multi man matches ends that way. But these guys they went the opposite direction. For ninety percent of the match, they were using all four guys in every spot, just making sure things were working. Like they'd be taking turns uh, diving out of the ring at each other. And two of my favorite spots were submission hold spots. Sammy gets MJF in like a Boston Crab, which is where the person getting the getting submitted is on their stomach, while the person the other person is on their back, like wrenching their legs towards their waist. And uh, uh, Darby Allen and um, uh, Jack Perry come into a ring, and Darby Allen gets uh, gets uh, uh, Jack Perry into a sharpshooter, which is kind of like it's kind of similar position as a Boston Crab, but instead. You've got their legs wrapped around one of your legs and like kind of wrenching onto their lower spine. So you've got two guys in the middle of the ring uh, hold, doing submission holds with two guys that are in a position where they could tap out at any moment. 
you, you're kind of like keeping on the edge of your seat. Who's going to tap out first? Who's going to take the win? Are they going to break the hold to try and stop the other person? And at one point, MJF is going to go for a, this like tap out, but uh, they're so close to each other in the middle of the ring at this point that uh, um, Jack Perry grabs onto his wrist and like holds it up so he can't slam onto the ring to uh, ring mat to uh, submit. And they're just kind of like putting him into this position where he can't quit because no one else wants to lose. Everyone wants to take the title for themselves. And it's just fun little moments like that that keep going. And then a few minutes later, there's a actual four-way chain where each one of them are putting the, uh, the next person in like a submission hold. So you've got like all four guys in a square in the middle of the ring, all locked into like each other's submissions, trying to make someone else tap out it next in the chain. And they're holding that for a few moments. Crowd's going ballistic. It's a lot of fun watching this happen. And yeah, you just don't get a lot of spots like these in these type of matches. It's really amazing to see what all of these guys like are coming up with in the middle of the ring. That sounds fucking wild. I, I, maybe it's because you're describing it. Like I'm probably it's over in like what, 10 seconds in the actual match. Um, but yeah. No, that those holds are held for quite a while because this match. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah, this match went for almost half an hour, so all four guys are giving it like their best performance for almost thirty minutes straight. Um, because like I said, there wasn't a lot of moments where any of them got a downtime. Like maybe they were out for two to four minutes just to catch their breath for a little bit, but for the majority of the match, all four people were uh, involved in some way. Hmm. In the end, M- MJF won. The big heel got his win. He's still holding on to the title. But all four guys looked amazing in this match. Like, at any any point, you could have seen any one of them winning. And that's, like, what you want in wrestling. You want to, you want to believe in the performance. You want to know that uh, everyone's competing to the best of their ability and anyone could have come away with the, the match decision. And, yeah, like, they did an amazing job. It was probably the best wrestling match I've seen all year since I started back up. Ah, okay. Wait, so hang on. Uh, uh, actually, no, never mind. I was going to ask it. So, so this is AEW, right? Yes. Okay, and that's not the same as WWE? No, no, they're competing brands. Okay, compete, okay, competing brands. That's my third question. Yeah. Okay, do they ever like sort of acknowledge the other one exists or is it like a no, look at me, look at me? Uh, AEW acknowledges WWE more than WWE does to them. But there have been moments where like WWE has acknowledged that AEW exists, but they, they tried really hard to keep it hush-hush. It's become even harder for them to do that because Cody Rhodes is on um, WWE now, and he was one of the founding fathers of the AEW company. It's just that he wasn't great as like a managerial position. And I think WWE offered him a really good deal to go and like finish the legacy for of his father in that company. So mm. he's he's gone mm, back to okay. finish right. like that. Next up is the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. Now I said before that a four person match is pretty messy. This is a four on uh, a four versus four match <laughs> tag team Jesus style. Jesus fucking Christ! But again, this isn't a regular wrestling match. This is just watching chaos unfold in the arena for shits and giggles because there was no real wrestling in this match at all. Like to the point where, so so the elite comes out to, to their entrance music. They come out regularly, go down the ramp into a ring, pumped up. Blackpool Combat Club 
they come out to well, we're in the middle of the um stage. It, they have um a cover band playing a really really bad cover of Wild Thing, which is their theme music, and uh, um BCC comes out through um the like the crowd. They come down like the stairways towards the arena, and that's kind of their entrance. And so the elite, instead of waiting for them to come down, they jump the barriers, go up the stairs. <laughs> I love it. And, and start beating on, they start beating on each other. The, the bell's rung, so the match officially starts because anything can go in this match. They, they eventually make their way down the ring. But um, there's these two wrestlers, Claudio and Matt Jackson. Claudio being from BCC and Matt Jackson from the elite. They literally take the match up, in, up through the crowd. Uh, through like the exit doors into where like they're serving all the food around the arena going even further through that into like the parking lots into the back of a um, pickup truck and fighting on the back of that until one of them gets knocked out and I'm sorry until Matt Jackson gets knocked out and Claudio comes back down to the ring very but still very early in the match like the first 10 minutes I want to say it was there's so much shit happening in this match like everyone spread out so far that's it. They they have to show. They have to broadcast it in picture in picture mode, where they've got like two different cameras showing two different spots of the arena of what's going on. And at one point, the elite, the two uh, brothers, Matt and Nick Jackson, they um they get up to where the band is doing Wild Thing because uh they they they're still they're still playing the they're still playing the song. They've been playing the song for about five to ten minutes and haven't stopped at all. The lead singer like takes Jesus. off his jacket showing that he's got, like, a Blackpool Combat Club shirt on, like, a big supporter of them. So they, they super kick him in the face, and that's how they stop the song. Um, the, the singer stops, and the, the band keeps playing for about another 10 seconds to do, like, the end-of-song solo sort of thing and fade out. That sounds like it'd be... Uh, that sounds like it's very cool, but then at the same time, you're singing, and then someone comes in fucking sh- fly kicks you. That's... Uh... Actually, no, that, 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 that was it a shit song, though. He was a really bad singer. Uh, Wild uh, Thing is a good song. He was not doing it justice. Like, this was a really ear-grating vocal cover of it that he was singing. So they, they got a massive pop for stopping him from singing. Yeah, it's probably doing everybody a favor. Yeah. Like, now five minutes, Jesus. There, there's also a lot of stupid, dumb stuff happening in this match. Like, there's this guy named um, Adam Page. A few weeks ago, he made his comeback and this wrestler named Brian Danielson attacks him and uses a screwdriver on his eye. And so they, like, quotation marks, they injure his eye with a screwdriver. And so he's come out, he's wearing an eye patch the entire match. This is probably, like, 10 minutes into the match now, 15 minutes into the match. Uh, Adam Page and- tell me, he starts with, are you ready, kids? Um, no, 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 SpongeBob reference. He's got an eye patch. You have to run Patchy the Pirate, surely. No, he's um, a cowboy. He's a cowboy wearing an eye patch. Pivot. No, no, he's he's dead set on this character. Okay, well, I think my character's better, and not just because we both share the same name, Pat. Yep, cowboy. It's cowboy, but it's cowboy. But yeah, um, so he he's um him and um Brian Danielson are alone in the ring together, and like. He does like the slow reveal of taking off the eye patch to reveal that his eyes all healed now. Pulls out a screwdriver to be like, I'm going to do the same thing to you now. But he gets jumped before that happens. So that kind of dampens the mood for the crowd. But 
like stupid stupid shit like that gets a lot of people going. I thought it was really funny that they like try to make this big reveal out of the knife patch moment. As baller as that as baller as that is, because I can imagine that playing out as like a pretty sick moment. I think it would have been way better if, if he slowly takes off an eye patch to reveal another eye patch. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd love that. I I I love when you have like the eye patch on the eye patch or the mask under the mask moment. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they might have actually done that with someone at some point. Like they took off their oh, mask and so they good. were wearing another mask underneath. It might have been like Rey Mysterio <laughs> or someone at some point. <laughs> I mean, he is mysterious. <laughs> um. Another dumb thing that happens is that, like, after being knocked out on the back of a pickup truck, um, Matt Jackson makes his way back down to a ring, and we don't see it, but he's strapped fireworks to his boots, so when he super kicks it, someone, they just go off in their face and, like, sets blaze to his boots. So, as payback, the person that he super kicks, John Moxley, he pulls out, like, a bag of thumbtacks, spreads them across the ring, and... At this point, because no one wants to put up with fireworks on the boots, they've ripped off Matt Jackson's boots. And so he picks him up and slams him feet first into all the thumbtacks. Uh, did they say what are those? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. But, Darn, maybe next time. But yeah, like, I hope I'm painting the picture of like, this is all just dumb bullshit for the sake of doing a dumb bullshit match. There's no actually wrestling going on in this match. It's just half an hour of pure carnage. It's a lot of fun to watch. and. Along with the um, Four Pillars match, this absolutely made the four hours of this um, pay-per-view worth it just, just for those two matches alone. It was absolutely worth sitting through everything else just to get to those two matches. And yeah, so overall, like, a 9 out of 10 wrestling show, I'd say. A lot of 9s being thrown around today. You know who else throw, throws 9s around? Me, I'm the 9 out of 10. Right, well, I was going to say Rey Mysterio, but... No, that's WWF. He's not allowed to talk about AEW here. Come on, Pat. Keep up, man. Keep up. Is that true, Seth? <laughs> there, there is no WWF anymore. That's the World Wildlife Foundation. It's true. That's what I mean. Isn't Rey Mysterio that big panda on the cover? <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I not he, this time. He, he is endangered. That's true. He's too small to be a panda. He's, he's like that baby panda in that YouTube video where he sneezed and scared the other big panda. No? I'm the was, only one that's seen that? No, no, no. I, I, know, I was thinking that. I was, um, so, fair and good meme. I was thinking of um, the one where Homer in the panda suit falls into the panda enclosure. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Ugh. I don't think he falls <laughs> in. Like, Mr. Burns pays him to do that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, maybe. It's such an old episode now, but yeah, you're probably right. Man, I was, like, I, I was sort of reminiscing about sort of n- nostalgic slash old things. Other than AEW, which I guess was like recent, but like Borderlands 2, Persona 3, and that episode of The Simpsons, I don't think any of them are younger than 10 years old. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Borderlands, Crazy times. Borderlands 2 is like 11 years old, I think. It is. Yep. It is. As, as I said when I was talking about it. The Xbox 360 is a retro console. You, you are up. correct. Shut up. No, no, he's correct. The Wii, PS3, and 360 are retro. I don't like this. Give it five more yeah. years and the PS4 will be retro. Okay, too far. <laughs> now it's real. Uh, cool. Well, you gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, what platforms is it available on? Oh, uh, fuck to find. Oh, I had to go and find it online. Like, I had, to go is, find, I had to go and find a re-upload. Did you, did, did did you, you emulate it? it? No, but I, it was like, it was emulate adjacent, I guess. <laughs> Is, is watching it on a daily motion mirror site counting as emulation? 
I think for functional intents and purposes, yeah, probably. Uh, I'm 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 surprised you didn't pay for it legitimately and then still go and uh, find I, I a. I don't know where to. Like we, ESPN has the broadcasting rights in Australia, and they don't put on the pay per views until like three months after they've aired. So I do not know where to watch this legitimately in Australia. I hate that, eh? Like, the, like that, that's the entire Steam piracy thing in a nutshell. I want to pay money for this. I can't. Yeah. Um, they're weekly shows. They don't air them live either. And um, they, I don't know why ESPN is broadcasting these on, de- uh, on demand on the, um, like, KO and whatever websites they have. But they still, like, cut sections out of it for time reasons. <laughs> like, what time reasons do you have? Oh my god, are you, you, you watching AEW abridged? Basically, like <laughs> two, two weeks ago, I watched an episode and it cut out this entire section of um, Christian Cage doing a really long segment. Like, they just cut that out completely. But the, the, the pirated copy cut it out? Or no, the copy no, the ESPN copy cut, cut it out. Like, Was the legitimate copy or? cut it out. Ah. Don't worry, they'll, they'll, they'll release that segment as on-disc DLC. No, they just released that segment on um, AEW's uh, YouTube. So whenever they cut something out, I have to go and watch it on YouTube. That's for free, but that's legal and free. Yeah, yeah, that's legal and free. So I'm, do- I- I'm-, I'm a morally upstanding citizen in those cases. That's strange. Based wrestling, enjoy it. Anyway, cool. Um, yeah, any final, any final thoughts, final words on AEW, sir? Uh, not really. I just really enjoyed this show. I've- it's probably the best pay-per-view I've seen all year, except... Maybe some things that happen in WrestleMania, but even then, like the two matches that I really enjoyed in this um in this pay per view, blow out of the water anything else I've seen this year. Right. Well, I guess with that, uh, we come to the end of round lunch for this week. Thank you both as always. Means we get to move on to part two for this week, which is of course the news. Uh, Seth, um, you, you scrolled in crayon, put me in coach, uh, at the start of the news segment. Was there something that you wanted to share? Yeah. So I have two news dockets that I didn't put into the, um, the Google documents. Uh, yeah, because I, I want to bring these uh, raw to you guys because I know Uh, one of them is going to make Stephen. Love when you raw dog us, Seth. One of them is going to make Stephen angry and the other one. We, we've mentioned ke- uh, king hitting uh, Stephen a couple of times, but one of them is going to make Stephen want to king hit me. Now, I'm, I'm going to... Patrick, you asked Stephen a couple of times, so I'm going to ask you, which one would you like to hear first? Uh, hmm. If we get the king hitting one out of the way, then we don't have to listen to the dumb second one. <laughs> See, that, it's for that exact reason I want to do it the other way around. <laughs> Give, 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 give me the first one first. I want to. I want to end with violence. Oh, you, you want the first one first? Well, that's yeah. fucking confusing. All right. I know someone's so, lost their shoe. Fun, fun game, guys. How many seasons did Babylon's Fall last? Less than one. one two. Yeah, I don't know. Did they even so, have seasons? It was. It was technically so, three, wasn't it? It was. Actually, no. Maybe it was technically three. No, no. It was two. But what was um, going to be the third season, they just extended the length of season two through that season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would like Wait, to formally- also, Sorry, Seth, just, sorry, just, just a little mild, mild nitpick spell, I noticed it. Uh, what part of that question was fun? It was fun for me. <laughs> you, you promised a fun question. It was fun for me. 
Be better. I, I got to remind you guys of Babylon's fall. <laughs> now, now to remind you guys of even worse things, I would like to formally congratulate Dragon Ball to Breakers for having more seasons of more content than <laughs> Babylon's oh, Fall did. Jesus. <laughs> because no. on June 9th, they are releasing season three with the Ginyu Force's new characters. In the, in the wise world, in the, in the wise words of Mr. Charlie Moist Critical White, let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How, oh, how's that game going, Seth? You enjoying yeah, how, how, you enjoying how your hours, purchase? How many hours per season have you played, Seth? Oh, oh per season. Okay, let, let me break it down into those averages. So I have played 2.8 hours, which I guess <laughs> is 1.4 hours per season Jesus. so far. <laughs> what a fucking waste. It's people like you that makes them think this game should have been made. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm glad to be part of that. You know what? You're right, Seth. Um, I'm coming over to your house. No, no, no! This isn't the king hit one yet. This isn't the king hit one yet. I can't believe Seth gets two for the price of one. So now for the king hit one. Queensland scored. (laughs) Now, now for the king hit news docket. So over in Japan, uh, the Ryuga Gotoku, (laughs) (laughs) the Ryuga Gotoku uh, company, the people that make the Yakuza games, now now just called Like a Dragon. They did this competition where they had a bunch of women compete to see who would be, um, oh, who would be put into the women, done. <laughs> they, they would be a hostess in the next game and a party member in Yakuza 8. Yeah, Yakuza 8. So popular VTuber Kason, formerly known as Kiryu Koko, won that competition. So she's going to, she absolutely loves this series and she's going to be formally inducted into the series. And I think she also won 1 million yen. It's like, not a real person. It's like, not a real person. No, it's a real. <laughs> it's her real. It's, it's the real person that's going to be in the game, not her VTuber self. Oh. Like, she, it, it's just that she's really popular through VTubing, but she's done other stuff but as like um, as uh, uh, microphone girls and MCs before. Fucking strange. That, yeah, that whole hostess thing, mini games in Yakuza is the strangest thing. Um, yeah. Um, it didn't make you that angry, Seth. Like, Damn it, it I got it the wrong way around. But if it was actual VTuber being the, like, as in like the Hatsune Miku type of thing, being the hostess, I, you might have gotten me, but this is just a bit weird. That, that's, the, um, that's the whole uh, third, or like Electric Gym. I keep forgetting her name. Uh, Electric Gym. Is it? That doesn't sound right. In, um, in Scarlet Violet. It starts Violet. with an E. Oh, oh, uh, oh fuck yeah. I was, thought, I was thinking about Gen 5. Um, anyway, you, you know who I mean. It's, it's yeah. like, like that sort of thing of just like, uh, she just appears on the screen. <laughs> like, not even a party member. She's just like in, in the screen. Diona. The VTubers and the skin zoners are taking over. And there's dumb fucking shark teeth. God, I want to talk about King Hates. The things I do to her. One punch. <laughs> Where did shark teeth come from? I don't know. It's got shark teeth. Seth needs a moment uh, okay, to process that, the shark okay, teeth. That was a six second long silence. <laughs> that was so uncomfortable, fellas. Whoa, is, is that the time? No, I so, forgot which. Oh, right. No, I forgot I, I forgot who Iono was for a second. I'm trying to think what VTuber is Iono, forgetting that is the fucking Pokemon character. <laughs> Pokemon VTuber, baby. Borderline canon. Uh, I mean, she's not really a VTuber, but she's more of a streamer. 
Uh, streamer like she's YouTuber, just, same thing. She, she's she's just straight up a streamer in the Pokemon world. I hate that. A VTuber <laughs> is when you have a, uh, a like anime character. Like, the amount of streamers that make it famous are like three. I don't know why. So anyway, I doesn't know how to tell you this. Pokemon's animated, my guy. Yeah, but she's in an animated world, which makes her like an animated character in an I'm animated done, world. I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> We're not wasting any more time talking about VTubers. Margot Robbie, one second. <laughs> <laughs> So she be a But Marilyn Monroe. Now let's let's talk about her contributions to VTubing. <laughs> no, I was I was thinking that I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. But anyway, we are going to move on. Uh, hey, Marilyn Marilyn Monroe and VTubing in the same sentence. Holy shit, man! She would have loved Twitch, I reckon. <laughs> okay, so so quick question, Steve. Uh, you want to cast your mind back to like a minute when I said we we're going to move on? What happened? I'm not Steven, but no. Speaking of th- speaking of things running out of steam, <laughs> that was a good one. I, I'm was. too scared Holy to shit. applaud him. No, that damn <laughs> guys, I need a minute. <laughs> this uh, is my thing, and he just he just came and he just came and did me like that. Huh? Did you roll he, even? He, yeah, he 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 almost did me roll like Nintendo wants to do Steam Raw for trying to host Dolphin, the the uh, Wii emulator on on the Steam platform. Boom, got one back. Fuck you, Steve. Yeah, you did, and that was good. That was a good one. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Got to got to got to stay on top. Got to remind the youngins why uh why why I'm on top. I, maybe you don't need reminding of that. Anyway, um, so so Nintendo did did something a, a little bit funny. Uh, they they issued a DMCA <laughs> takedown notice to Steam. Uh, where the DMCA, of course, everyone knows, stands for the uh, Digital Millennium Copyrights Act. Uh, the problem is, uh, the, there's no copyright infringement. Uh, yeah, no, um, N- Nintendo is doing this as a warning, saying, hey, if you guys put Dolphin on Steam, we're going to sue. Yeah. Um, and the crazy part is, I'm surprised they haven't sued already, because last time I checked, uh, Steam does have... Uh, like let's plays and and multiplayer things for Nintendo games, don't they? Actually, shit, maybe they don't. But I'm trying to make the yeah, yeah, point. There's no overlap there. Shit, I was just trying to reference the point growth thing of just like, oh yeah, no, you just upload a video, and Nintendo's like, oi, <laughs> stop having fun. <laughs> Very common. Nintendo hates fun. Yeah, yeah it, it, this is interesting because like the whole thing of them putting it up there was like, well, technically, people should be using their own games. But from my understanding of it, as someone who does not understand how this works, is that the actual emulator itself, um, like, replicates um, the character or the code-breaking software that Nintendo uses in their game. So it's like, while it doesn't breach copyright, having that, the way that Dolphin works essentially automatically breaks copyright, regardless of whether you own the game or not. It Um, doesn't. Like, emulator software is not illegal, so... Yeah, but whoop, someone's getting a call. It's Nintendo. <laughs> Seth, get out of the house. <laughs> Why do I hear Nintendo music? <laughs> we shot music. <laughs> it's just getting louder and louder. <laughs> um, and more and more off pitch. Emulators themselves aren't illegal to have or make. Mm. Um, so there's there's like no actual copyright infringement by Steam hosting the emulator. And they host, they host emulators already on Steam. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's no issue with um, the emulator itself. It's what people use the emulator for that is more of a 
um, legal gray area. Yeah. But they, I think it's legally gray legal, at all. Legally, I don't think Nintendo has a foot to stand on here, but no one wants to go against Nintendo, so they just spend to their whims. It's, it's oh, kind of, if it's, anybody's going to fight back, it will be Steam. Um, it, Steam has not issued any sort of statement against it. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see what they do to... Uh, you know, it's a, dolphin, it's a Dolphin team that have removed it from Steam just to be yeah, cautious because, yeah, they don't want to get in trouble with Nintendo. Or like, Steam. Dolphin has, has been around. Steam. Yeah. Dolphin has been around for, like, what, 15 years? So yeah, ages. Having that, yeah. if, if they get in legal trouble and have to shut that down, that's like 15 years of work, like, down the drain, basically. Yeah. And it's 15 years of fucking hard work. The people that they, they like, they'll be at the, the people... Um, that have done anything in terms of emulation, they will be at the pearly gates at heaven. St. Peter won't even ask him anything. Be like, no, nah, you're in. They'll be on God's right Thank hand. Thank you for your service. Literally. Bro, they, they won't even need to be at the pearly gates. They, they can literally emulate heaven. Oh, wait, hang on. Let him die. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, give me the belt. <laughs> Uh, no, no, there's, there's enough belt cracking going on around here. True. Yeah. Uh, speaking of belts, uh, WrestleQuest being launched August 8th. Uh, Seth, I know that you and I have a, a uh, little, little bit. We've joked about this multiple times about we, we where is it. With that, but I was also thinking like you and I have also got like a, a, a little bit of an eye as to see how this game does. Because I'm, I'm open to the idea of, of playing this. Yeah, no, I've I'd like I'm keeping an eye on it. They released a new trailer to go along with the release date announcement, and it's it's kind of more of the same with this trailer, but it still looks really good, yeah, like really the- fun. And having like all these old WWF wrestlers, but legally they're not those WWF wrestlers, <laughs> <laughs> and seeing how they interact with the battle system is really fun. Like this is going to be a very interesting game to play. The one thing that I am nervous about is that I see that we've also got newly announced iOS and Android versions. So, do you think that's why they delayed it? <sighs> what are your um, reason to delay it, though? There's, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that it could be, but it's more just it's we we keep talking about the whole like oh, and it's a mobile game, and it's like oh god, <laughs> I don't know. It's like um. I guess my, my concern is that this has always been lauded as PlayStation, Xbox, you sort of like big first gener- like like first party consoles, um, PC, all that. Uh, and then like Switch, okay, uh, a little bit of a degraded uh, capability there. And also iOS and Android now. Well, okay, now what are we actually getting? Because if we're getting a game that is running the same on all of the platforms, we're going to be underutilizing the shit out of all the like PS5s and, and Xbox series. So my concern is that if, if the focus is on having the same experience on all platforms. We scored. We were, phew, that was good. That was, oh, that, that just eyes up footy. Oh, let's Sorry, go. I, that was close. Um, I, thought, okay. I, I, I thought I randomly got an Amber alert from, from that siren. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that, that, that's my concern. When I see that they're attaching iOS and Android to it, uh, I feel like they, th- that could then be justified as to making the experience on other consoles worse to make it better for iOS and Android. Um, 
I don't really see that. And it's going to iOS and Android through Netflix, which I think is streaming the game. Not going to be native on iOS and Android. <laughs> Literally worse. <laughs> but yeah, the, no, the, idea, um, the idea of Netflix gaming, I do not like. But no, like this game didn't look like it was going to utilize those consoles all that much anyway. Like a Switch version of this game made a lot of sense because there's not a whole lot going on like visually or like mechanically. It looks like a fairly standard game that could have run on anything really. So yeah, I'm not all that concerned about like maybe the biggest concern is like what if they make some systems like very mobile gutrified but they haven't shown anything that hints at that so i'll be cautiously optimistic on that end yeah i i hope you're right it's just i i don't know there's a bad taste in my mouth when i see and it's coming to mobile platforms it's just like uh <laughs> did it have to <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, cautious optimistic is probably a good way to put it. We'll, we'll see. We've got a couple months to wait. There might be more that, that comes out about it, but cool. And, uh, speaking of things coming to uh, other platforms, nailed that one. Uh, Ratchet and Clank uh. Rift Apart coming to PC and iOS. No, I'm kidding. No, it's coming to PC. Uh, in, in, uh, like, like a month, like two, two months. Uh, I'm. A couple of okay. weeks, like less than two weeks, I think. July 26th? Oh, wait, no, sorry. That's the original, <laughs> that's the original release date. I read the smaller text before I read the big text. That's on me. <laughs> I'm so confused. Being like, Holy shit, are we July already? Um, yeah, I know. Uh, okay, I've seen a lot of texts about this. Of people going, wow, PlayStation's just running out of exclusives. I don't It's really- been two years. It's fine to yeah, port it two years later. Yeah, I'll wait. I will wait. I am a patient man. I don't care about this game, but I will wait. I, that, it's, that's it's that's the other a... thing. I'm really curious about the minimum specs because I feel like this game is at minimum going to have to run on like a $2,000 computer. Maybe more expensive <laughs> than that. Okay, well, let's be clear here. Redfall and Gollum and Jedi and everything else also has to run on a two thousand dollar computer. But- hey, hey, Jedi works good on consoles. Fuck you. <laughs> Simply buy a console. So yeah, and I'll buy a PS Five and play this game two years early and not have to spend two thousand dollars on a PC for it. Let's just be Instead careful. Instead, I will about- just pay nine hundred for a PS Five. Slinging specs around. Um, the, the main take that I've seen is that the, the, this is uh, taking another one out of the exclusives for, for PlayStation, but I don't know. It just, it, it seems like it's such a weird, it, it seems kind of gatekeepery of like, what's the point of buying a PlayStation? Everything comes to PC. Good. <laughs> and? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, I think, as you were saying, like uh, a PlayStation 5 runs this very well. That's what I played it on. And it looked absolutely gorgeous. So, if your machine can run it, sweet. If if it's going to be another Last of Us Part One debacle, then uh, I doubt it because this is being done by the people that um ported to Spider Man games, and those were ported really well. Well, I was thinking just the the some of the bugs that could exist in this game would be hilarious, but uh, yeah, I guess it could also just work well as a port. I don't know. Fuck me, I guess. Ratchet getting Joel's fuzzy eyebrows would actually make sense since that's Japanese Ratchet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Um, you mind explaining that one to me, big fella? 
I thought you were going to, but you sort of just left it. Why is why does Japanese ratchet have eyebrows? I don't know why, but when they localized the Ratchet and Clank games in Japan, all the cover art just gave him really fuzzy black eyebrows instead of like the brown eyebrows he already has. What the fuck? That's crazy. I will now be Googling um, Jack and Daxter furry. <laughs> okay, that wasn't that, that, that's, just, that's just one of the characters in Jack and Daxter that gets turned into an Otzel. Actually, she, she starts off human and is in love with Daxter. Okay, I, I, didn't, I, I don't care. Um. <laughs> you are going to Google it jokingly, so I'm giving you the real answer. Anyway, is this the sort of thing that uh, you'll be likely to pick up slash play again, Seth? Not on PC, no. I'm, I'm kind of worried that maybe my PC can't run it well. But I know it runs fantastically on PS5, uh, my PS5 as it is. Hmm. And I don't have an ultra-wide monitor, so the only thing that the PC port would give me if, um, if I could run it well is uh, potentially like the uncapped frame rate. And, and I don't think that's enough for me to double dip on the game when I'm, I already enjoy it a lot on PS5 and can just go back to that version whenever I want. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's, um, um, I'm the same. Uh, uh, well, the, the Japanese one. Sorry, the fuck. I'm looking at the legalization thing. I can't find it. Um, <laughs> the eyebrows the, one. It's okay. You can say yeah, it. Yeah, I can't. I can't find it. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Well, the PS5 one already runs at the 60 frames. Like, the yeah, I can't even see more than 30. So, oh, here we go. Higher than that. Now, nah, fuck. Here we go. How many? How many eyes? Here comes the Red Fall Defense Force. <laughs> <laughs> You have two eyes, each one season 30, boom, you need 60. Oh, hang on, hang on, no, I thought one eye, see, it, look, it doesn't matter, I mean, fuck it, move on, <laughs> I, don't, I do not care, I will not be buying this game. Uh, speaking of things I won't be buying, uh, Wolong is releasing uh, from Dynasty DLC, wait, f- oh man, I fucked that up, Wolong Fallen Dynasty man. is getting DLC. Uh, having a stroke there, big fella? <laughs> maybe, is, is your team in State of Origin winning yet? Yeah, it is actually. It uh, is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Have you not been listening stroke, to me the entire time? Population. Active me. listening, big fella. <laughs> uh, well, we've got seven minutes left. Oh, hang on. The bo- oh, fuck. They might be on here. Actually, hey, here we go. Uh, yeah. Oh, he stepped out. Yeah. He stepped out. He fell over. He. <sighs> Holy shit! That's frustrating. <laughs> wow, I know the feeling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, you two played well long. Uh, thoughts on the DLC? It's yeah. coming out a couple of days after Final Fantasy 16. I will blatantly ignore it. I don't care. Um, like, Road Long was alright. I don't care about it enough to even replay the game, let, go, let alone get some DLC to it. Uh, maybe if it comes to Game Pass, which I highly doubt it will. <laughs> um, but no. Yeah, I don't I believe do DLC care. comes to Game Pass. At least not yeah, normally. Not, yeah, not commonly from what I've seen. It's funny, it comes out in a month, and it literally the only information we have it is has new stages and enemies, a new difficulty level, a new weapon type. Like, is, that's all we got? Yeah, that's, that's usually what, um, what Koei Tecmo does with these games. Like, Neo and uh, Stranger of Paradise kind of went through uh, okay. the same motions of a month before release. Hey, we're going to release a couple of new stages, a new difficulty level, a new weapon, and we'll announce more like a week from DLC launching. Cool. Uh, also, in announcements, we have uh, 
the official trailer for Silent Hill Ascension. I've never been a big Silent Hill person. Either of you two? No, I'm more of a Loud Hills person. Silent Hill is something I've appreciated from afar in knowing that it's like a hugely influential series, Mm. but I've never actually gotten a chance to go and play them myself yet. Is this going to be your chance to step into that that, that realm, that world? I guess I'm interested enough to check it out, but this isn't like a traditional Silent, uh, Silent Hill thing. This is like an interactive media sort of thing. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what they try to do with it. Mm. Uh, anyway, there, there's a trailer up. Uh, it's a big, scary game. I hate big, scary games. Um, so is it it's an interactive streaming series? What the fuck does that mean? I think like that Black Mirror interactive thing. So is it, is it a game? It's a series. Yeah, but like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It, it, What's the like Twitch plays Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, but I no, can't but, wait for the Twitch plays Silent okay. Hill. Oh yeah, my okay. god, I'm watching the trailer and it was just a fucking zombie woman with a vagina for a face. Okay, that's based, first of all. Um, so, okay, so, so literally she has the, a first, name. the first paragraph we Yeah, it's a vagina have. face. <laughs> The first paragraph we have from this article, um, Genvid, Behavior Interactive, Bad Robot Games, blah, 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 in partnership with Konami, have released a new trailer for Silent Hill Ascension as well as announced that the interactive streaming series will, be launch, will launch in 2023. Platforms are still to be unannounced. Like, is that streaming platforms? Is that gaming platforms? Like, what are we working here? Yeah? Most likely going to be streaming platforms. Or maybe it'll be on console, and it's like one of... Um, was, okay, was Quantum, fucking... Break, Quantum Break? No, not Quantum Break. There's a game that came out on Xbox. Uh, it's Quantum Break. I'm telling you right now, I it's Quantum Break. I think as Dusk Falls. Let, uh, me, let me Google well, that. It was, well, just like, it was like an uh, interactive narrative, but there was also an element where you could turn on, like, uh, Twitch, uh, Twitch watchers could help influence the decisions. So maybe, like, something kind of like that. If they do it on oh, console. it was on the Xbox last year. Um, yeah. As, it, it was called As Dusk Falls. Ah, oh, I was thinking of that. I don't know what I was thinking of. Someone on PlayStation 4. Oh, fuck. They got another try. They got another fucking try. What's the fucking point? Ah, oh, every fucking year. Never seen the most biased ref in the entire world. Anyway. New South Wales skill game. issue. <laughs> it literally, no, it literally, it's, it, literally the ref is just like, nah, we want Queensland to win. We're just going to like ignore things. Yeah, man, whatever. New South Wales cope. <laughs> <laughs> very, un- unfortunately, very common New South Wales L. Hey. Um. Uh, I was going to segue off of speaking of L's, but I don't think that's the case here. Uh, drag- well, it's an L for spelling. Uh, Dragon Quest Infinity Strash. What happened? Yeah. We, got, we, got, we got a typo in the title? What's, what's happening here? No, no, that's the name of the attack. Yeah. It's a typo. No, no, so say the whole title and Seth and I will break it down for you. Infinity Strash Dragon Quest The Adventure of, the Adventure of Die? Yep. So Infinity Strash uh-huh. is the name of his attack. Is a, is a typo. Nope. Infinity Strash is the name of his attack. Right. Um, Dragon Quest is the name of the series. Uh-huh. Um, the Adventure of Die is the anime. Okay. There's still a typo. Patrick, you're talking <laughs> about anime now. And, and, and so for the oh, listeners look at that, at my stroke's back. 
<laughs> but also, uh, the adventure of die. Die is spelled D A I. So <laughs> no matter how much I want to D I E. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's coming out on uh, September twenty eighth for a bunch of platforms. Uh, I I <laughs> sounds so dumb. I my only familiarity with Dragon Quest is uh, one hearing Steve talk about it and two Smash Brothers. So uh, how interesting <laughs> is this to you two? Semi-interesting. It's interesting um, as a short-time fan of Dragon Quest, I played one of their games. Um, this is a hack-and-slash game. It is not a turn-based RPG like it usually is. Um, yeah, that's what has me interested as well. I've read a little bit of yeah. the manga for Adventure of Die. Um, the uh, the Viz Shonen Jump app only has about 50 chapters. I think this goes is it for finished? Like- yeah, yeah, this this finished ages ago. This was like an eighties or nineties uh, okay. uh, oh, manga. Okay, yeah, because because um, Adventure of Die is like based off Dragon Quest One or something, or it's a weird, weird spin off. Yeah, is it's it? a weird spin off manga, like just its own little like spin off universe um, manga that was done for fun. Uh, okay, and it, it for all intents and purposes, it's an official Dragon Quest product still. Um, so yeah, they've done a new anime for it recently. Like I don't know where this push came from recently. They had Die in Jump Force when that came out. Then they've done the anime recently. Now they're doing this game. Um, I'm I'm happy there's this push because it's the what I've read was a really enjoyable run so far. And yeah, like this being an action RPG, like spinning off even more, like doing what showing what Dragon Quest can be like as an action RPG instead of a traditional turn-based RPG like the entire mainline series will be forever. Um, I'm interested to see how it goes. I will... Yeah, I'm probably not going to get it um, unless it becomes, like, really good. But it, it's nice that they're trying something different um, with Dragon Quest. I mean, wherever Dragon Quest 12 or whatever, whenever that comes out in the next 40 years. Um, actually, I reckon that gets, uh, like, a release window at the next month in Game of Christmas. There's a Dragon Quest live stream event happening soon. I don't know oh, when exactly, but it's soon. So we'll probably hear more about it there and a Dragon Quest free remake. Yeah. All right. Done. Done? Is it yep. over? Yep. Anime has been defeated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I no longer feel as alone in the dark. Uh, oh, crazy. <laughs> I say that, actually. Hey, Speaking of alone in the good. dark. Uh, it's uh, launching October 25th. This was the David Harbour reference that we were ripping Steve out before for not knowing that he was part of Stranger Things. But as I always say, Stranger Things have happened. Uh, yeah, this is... Um, we've talked about this once before, but I, to be honest, I don't remember a huge amount other than it's got a couple famous actors in it. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's on the periphery. Yeah, no, we talked about this off podcast because it happened... It was announced the day after we um, recorded last that's, week. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it's on the periphery. I don't know if, if it's uh, something I'm paying super close attention to at this stage. I'm but... going to play the prequel at some point soon. I haven't had a chance to do it the past week, but mm. I am interested in it. I think I bought the entire Alone in the Dark series recently when it was cheap on Humble Bundle. So this is just one of those things I'm kind of interested in seeing. Yeah. Uh, we have... Yeah, so the, 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 whole, the whole shtick of this one. Players will experience a different take on the same story depending on which character they choose, where the, there are only two characters? Is that 
Because we, we, we talk about having- Yeah, yeah um, I think it's just two. Yeah, we, we talk about famous actors, um, uh, uh, David Harbour and Jodie uh, Comer? Uh, yeah, Jodie Comer. Yeah, it is Comer. Um, as, as having two famous actors attached to it, but I don't know if that just means there are other characters that are less famous. <laughs> or, you know, surprise third character, stretch goal, who knows. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's on, it's on the periphery. Um, I want to see a bit more about it because I, yeah, I this this is the reboot. I never really played the originals. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not yeah, super like, interested. It's like the second reboot as well. Like yeah, there was great. the originals that are old '90s adventure games, or like not adventure games, but like click and point sort of. I think mystery horrors. Hmm. And um, then there was a Xbox 360 era reboot, which was like more of a, I think it was more like a shooter action game, but like even some of those elements. I have a, re- a vague recollection of that box. Yeah, up. I only played like a demo of that one. But yeah, though, this is like another reboot that's going to go more towards the direction of what the original series was, but it, like a 3D uh, game. And eventually there'll be so many reboots that none of them will be alone in the dark anymore. They'll have each other. Um, yeah. Anyway, coming out just before Halloween, so that, that, should, be, that should be interesting. Yeah, and like I said before, the prequel's out now, so if you have a chance to download it and give it a try, see if you're interested, that's, True. that's a good thing to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up on the list, we have... Uh, I, I, I quite like the idea of this next one. We have the developers of a game wanting to kickstart the localization effort for a game that's already been made. I think I think this is quite clever, actually. Yeah, no, this is really cool. Um, this is actually a false flag operation by me to um, put my thoughts on Kickstarter into the chat, isn't it? No, it you is. already have set of origin. Keep it at that. We we can't uh, overload uh, your brain with two things. That's fair. I'll <laughs> mute myself and only really talk if I find something good. Oh, that's that's the worst. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, as, as of recording, it has not quite reached its goal of uh, 3,500 New Zealand dollars. Translate that into whatever real currency you want. Um, so it hasn't quite reached it. It's got 11 days to go. There are 19 backers. But I think the fact that it hasn't reached the goal is an excellent indication as to, like, th- this is li- literally the point of Kickstarter, uh, that it only makes sense for the company to do it if it knows there'd be enough interest. And currently, there isn't. That might change, who knows? But yeah, I think the use of this, I think the use of Kickstarter in this process is, is very smart. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, there was, a, um, before this, there was the wonderful 101 as a Kickstarter for um, porting the game to other consoles and Steam. And a lot of people kind of like raise their eyebrows at that, but they were like, no, if it's being published through, um, Platinum games, and that makes sense because they might not have the funds to do it themselves. So this will just be like a interest boost sort of thing, and that worked out for them. So I I think this is cool. Like no one's picking this up to translate this game and officially release it in the West. So they're kind of taking it upon themselves to go like, hey, with some support, we uh, will get this game localized, release it on Steam, and we're not going to make any big grand um stretch goals we just want to have this localized and put out to the rest of the world and mm. that that's that's a, yeah like you said this is a pretty good way to use kickstarter like it's not funding an entire game from the ground up but 
it's helping spread the game to the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, cool. Basically nothing else to contribute. If it's something that you're interested in, actually, I don't even think we mentioned what the game was that's being localized. Yeah, it's called um, Questa. It's a hack and slash RPG. Um, and yeah, it's about a third of the way there with 11 days to go. I don't know if this was a short one or if it was like a month long, but hopefully it gets that extra like two thirds funded before it collapses. They only need $3,000. Like it's not, that, it's not that much. Yeah, no, it's not a big ask. Yeah. It's just whether there's enough people out there to support it. It's not that much, is it, Steve? You want to you wanna just, you just check in two, 2K real quick? No. <laughs> I don't. Fair enough. I'm not saying uh, it's not that much. You know what I'm like. You know, you know what? Fuck you. You know, I, I, I know you're poor. It's fine. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to get this I, Keychron I, Qu- Q5 Pro. A wireless <laughs> full and aluminium QMK... BIA mechanical keyboard. I don't know what half those words oh, are. Here, here, here we go. It can be wireless or wide. It connects up to three devices. Hot swappable. Who doesn't want to put their uh, keyboard in a microwave? I'm going to stop <laughs> talking now. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. You make it sound so much like a sponsored segment, yet I don't know what you're talking about. Neither do I. It just seems like it's a mechanical uh, keyboard. Speaking of things that should have looked like a programmable knob. I reckon that guy's wife would like that. <laughs> Patrick, would your wife like that? Sorry, sorry, third ex-wife. Yeah, exactly. Third ex-wife. That makes it sound so much worse. Uh, speaking of things that should have lived or died on Kickstarter, uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, well, uh, the, the studio behind it. Daedalic? Uh, yeah, Daedalic. Uh, hey, Dalek. They, I, I really don't think that's how you say it. Uh, they have come out to say, uh, Smeagol, sorry. It didn't mean to. We're sorry. <laughs> sorry. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah. The, the funniest oh, thing, man. like, it's like, like that, for those that aren't aware, this Lord of the Rings Golem came out last week. Um, it looks like a PlayStation 2 game. Um, it plays worse than a PlayStation 2 game. <laughs> um, from both a, it's not fun to play, and when it, you are playing it and it doesn't break. It's full of fucking bugs. Um, but in their apology, um, they, they have a typo in it. They call it the Lord of Ring Golem. Like, it really shows you that they just don't fucking care. Every like, single Twitter reply with that was just Lord of Ring. Yeah, it's, and then they're like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, by the way, we've got another one in the pipeline. Yeah, maybe that one will be better. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what? You're right. I'm going to look up the play account for this. Oh, no. Surely. The, the, the thing is, I think the play account will be misleading because I, I think in a situation like this, it's so bad and gotten so much press. It's like, it's like the um, Scooby-Doo Velma series where people hate watch it. Like People will have bought and played this game to see if it's as bad as people say it is. I really wish Guaranteed. people didn't hate watch that because it got greenlit for a second season. I know. I know. And also, everyone- also, Price is Right bet, I'm going to guess 220 Golem players on Steam right now. 219. Can't fucking find it. It's not there. <laughs> Too low. They've got, they've got the... I oh, know, I found it. Uh, oh, fucking hell. So it has an all-time peak of 502. Uh, and how long... How- all-time peak? <laughs> yeah. 
How many do you reckon were playing an hour ago? 220. 100. Price of right rules. Pat wins. It's 57. (laughs) Undefeated champion. How how many of those people, those 502, were like influencers or like review Yeah, yeah, I'm playing it ironically. (laughs) Uh, Man, imagine pre-ordering a game like this and being like, is is that it? Uh, Imagine being excited for a video game about Golem. I think I think this is the this is the thing that that rubs me the wrong way. I get a game being delivered in a sorry state. I hate that it happens, but sometimes it does. The thing that the thing that confuses me more about this game specifically than pretty much every other game that's had the similar shtick, and there are great posts of just like um, uh, mosaics of apology posts from recent games because holy shit, are there a lot? But uh, the thing that the thing that hits me sideways with this one is that they say we will do our best to patch the game. To hang on, let me let me find the line. Um, yeah, the game did not meet the expectations we set for ourselves or for our dedicated community. And then they uh, apologize. Blah blah blah. We are committed to providing you with the patches that will allow you to enjoy the game to its fullest potential. I think that's like. I don't know. Let's let let's take something like uh, I don't know. Jedi Jedi Survivor is an is is an easy one. Uh, my understanding, not having played it, is that the game itself had the right pieces. It was just very poorly uh, put together, and so there are a whole bunch of like performance issues and bugs and other things. But uh, in the world where they they polish it up and everything, game is good. Game is fun. Game is uh, everyone's happy. I don't know. I I cannot gun to my head. I'm asked, what is the fullest potential of Lord of the Rings Gollum? I don't see that being fundamentally different to what we got. I bet Josh would like it. <laughs> I don't think so. That might be the most savage thing I've ever yeah, heard you say. Yeah, it's, uh, you take that back. Yeah, that's probably the rudest thing I've actually... Yeah, yeah. You disgust you know me. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Let's move on. How's the blues doing? <laughs> uh, Pat, will you tell Seth that I'm no longer speaking with you? <laughs> Pat, can you guys, tell Stephen that his audio is spontaneously combusting? Guys, you're both speaking English. Just speak to each other. <laughs> I can't understand him. He's, he's speaking Seth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's... I don't know. The, the, this one... Like, what can you do? You can, you can iron out some of the bugs, fine. But, like, I, I, I'm so curious. Like, I kind of want a community follow-up post to be like, this is what our expectations of the game were. Because I just, I can't fathom. Like, you, you have, I don't know how much money, but, like, a budget and access to the Lord of the Rings IP. And you're like, let's make a banger of a game. This is what we produce. I don't, I don't know. That just, that just doesn't feel like there are expectations set there. I don't know. I, I feel like they maybe thought there was an appeal to playing as a little gremlin child, but <laughs> I can't see it. I don't know who don't this know. was for. I mean, Seth, we already have, uh, um, what's the... I really should have had this joke prepped earlier, but you just, you have such a good setup for it. But is it, um, streamer simulator? 
What's the one where you got to? It's not YouTube, YouTube Simulator. No, no, YouTube I don't think it's is it, YouTube, is it YouTube? There is, a, there, there is one called YouTube. Tiny Pop Studios. I don't know. It's like it's like The there. Sims, but specifically for streaming. I didn't think they could call yeah. it YouTube because that would have been like too on the nose with. Um, I'm 99 percent sure it's names. called YouTube is live. Yep, and number two just came out. Shit. Okay. Because well, I'm not sure if I bought it or if I pirated it or something, <laughs> but I played it and I'm like pirating huh. video games. Steven, Shut up, how could you? You emulated a video game and bought it. I don't. I, I don't know what moral high ground you're on. I'm going to kick you. What in do the you throat. mean? He's, he literally has the moral high ground. The point of emulation is to play games you already own. Seth literally owns it. Yeah. Right. You win this round. <laughs> but, anyway, thank you for running the Seth Patrick. That I'm no longer speaking with him. <laughs> Oh, sick, yeah, Steven's leaving the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like the, the idea of the idea of playing playing a dirty gremlin is already explored in YouTube Alive. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm I'm so curious to follow them trying to fix that game because I am just I'm genuinely curious. No malice towards the developers. I am just curious. What was their expectation <laughs> for the game? <laughs> but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, speaking of things, going back in the oven for a bit longer, uh, Naughty Dog saying that Last of Us multiplayer needs a bit more time, uh, which on the face of it seems like a good thing, but digging a, a little bit under the surface might, might be some problems. Yeah, they, all, they put out this statement how... after a really big rumor came out about the Last of Us multiplayer. Yep, yep. Uh, how excited were, were you to... I, I'm assuming... Uh, uh, Steve is wearing both honk shoes uh, but uh, how excited were you for this? Not very because no, from when they talked about it last year it sounded like they were trying to do this really big narrative live service sort of thing and that Factions was just a fun side multiplayer thing in The Last of Us 1 so trying to get like this really big grand narrative and also being live service didn't really appeal to me Wait, 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 you're telling me that they wanted to put PvE into a PvP multiplayer game? Oh, no, 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 it was going to be still be PvP, but they were going to, like, make this huge story around it on why your character is doing the things they're doing, I guess. I, um, I can't wait for them to announce that they've decided to uh, strip out the PvE elements and focus purely on the PvP experience. Is there something you want to get off your chest about, about a certain company that Little little icy, one might even say they're um they're lizardy. Look, Seth, I said it before. I'll say it again. All we needed was Battle Frontier and Oras, all right? You know what? You're right. I'm sorry I ever asked. <laughs> but no, it is just funny that on the back of the Overwatch Two news that we get what could be interpreted as a a similar not not admission of giving up on it, but that that there are troubles. And the rumor, which Seth alluded to, is that uh, because Naughty Dog is owned by Sony, Sony was like, hey, uh, hand your brother the controller and the brother is Bungie because of all the live service stuff that they do with Destiny. And uh, Bungie looked at it and went, I didn't realize you were making uh, Lord of the Rings Golem. Wait, wait a <laughs> second. This is very similar to Destiny 2. We've got to put a stop to this. <laughs> hey, copy my answers, but change it a little bit. Um, no, but Bungie, Bungie apparently had issues specifically with the long-term viability of the live service model, which 
even that is two-faced, right? Because on one hand, yes, I want a live service game to, to do well and, and have longevity. On the other hand, that could reek of we can't squeeze enough money out of people playing this. It's not viable for us to run for the long term. I think, uh, well, this is specifically Bungie coming in and saying it. So maybe they're like, look, there's not enough here to keep player population up, is my guess. That, that, that's the good ending, and I hope that's the case. Yeah, so um, from uh, digging a little deeper into the rumor as well is that after that Bungie report, the Last of Us multiplayer is basically being run by a skeleton crew to just kind of keep it going in case it does go anywhere. But That's most, what they did with Overwatch. <laughs> but most of uh, Naughty Dog is being moved over to the next big single-player projects. I don't even know why they're making this. Nobody asked for this. It's a single-player game. Cool. Mad. It's over. Okay. Time to go. Uh, Steve? Steve? I'll, okay. It's, it's, it's understandable. You're not, you're not a big Sony guy. You're not a big PlayStation guy. All right. I get it. Uh, Naughty Dog, in case you didn't know, uh, only only has Last of Us. You, you might think that they do other games. They don't. They, they only have Last of Us. If you look at games released, 99% of them are, are The Last of Us. So, of course, they're going to be working on The Last of Us, the multiplayer game. They're also, as you saw, they've got The Last of Us, the television series. Um, there's going to be a Last of Us uh, children's coloring book coming soon. That'll be, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, there, there is only The Last of Us. And Pedro Pascal. Praise be his name. I never thought I'd say it, but I miss Nathan Drake. I miss him too. Hope he's doing okay. It, it, I, I was feeling like Uncharted was living a little too long, but you know what? I could, I could go for a fifth one. <laughs> Sixth one if we count the Vita game. We don't. Time to, uh, time to dust off the old uh, what happened to Fast and Furious thing and just go, maybe Nathan Drake should go to space. We, we, need, we need him to have his own The Rock to counter his Vin Diesel. <laughs> he needs family. That's what he needs. You know, to be fair, Uncharted 3 and 4 were kind of hinting at the theme being family. <laughs> 3, 3, 3 more so was legacy, but there was hints of family there. 4 was very heavy on the family. The bit where uh, Nathan Drake had to go find the treasure in, uh, in, in Paul Walker's split at the yeah, end of uh, Rats, Fast and Furious 5. I was trying to sneak into the Fast and Furious. <laughs> that, that's where the hidden precursor orb is in the next game. Hidden <laughs> precursor orb. Every, every Uncharted Jack. game has a precursor orb as a treasure. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, in interesting. Uh, obviously, I, for all the memeing that I do of Last of Us, I do really enjoy the, the lore and the world. Um, Neil Druckmann's generally a pretty smart guy, so if he says that this is a very big, ambitious project, I, I hope it goes well for him. Uh, it is funny, your comment on, like, Factions was good, why don't, why don't we just do the same thing? That was the same thing I said with, um, uh, like, I, I really enjoyed the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. I might have been in the minority for that, but... It was before loot boxes were like problematic and everything else. There were loot box mechanics, but they weren't forced on you. Uh, it was a very simple loop, but it was very fun. And so for them to not have it in Legendary Edition was, was painful. But if they were to say, we're not going to put it in Legendary Edition, and then like a couple months later go, actually, it's going to be so much better than the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, you know, 
and now it's being run by a skeleton crew because the live service aspects aren't up to snuff, I'd be like, can't we just have, <laughs> can't, can't we just go back? Like, can't we just- <laughs> Yeah, no, like, one, was good. no one was expecting <laughs> it to be this big, huge thing because, like, they're- the Last of Us multiplayer and Uncharted multiplayer are decently popular, but they just need to be spin-off side modes to the main games. They didn't need to have a massive overarching story to go along with it. So <laughs> this this seems like they got very overambitious and also- fits into the TV show. <laughs> oh God, if they did that, that would have been really bad. Um, <laughs> I, I think Pedro they were Pascal saying- Pedro Pascal is literally in the multiplayer. I- I may be misremembering, but I think they were going to use the multiplayer to expand on the um the Wolf and Seraphite storyline. Um, I think you're right. I remember reading something about that too. Yeah. So they they were getting pretty ambitious with this, and I don't know if that was a good thing for them to do. And again, live service game. I I hope it tanks because fuck all the live service model games coming out. <laughs> yeah, fight, anyway. fight in words, but but uh, it's it's crazy that you can say something so controversial yet so so accurate. Um, finally, in the news for this week, we have in some Monster good news. Hunter news. Oh, the best news based Monster Hunter news corner. This is a Monster Hunter podcast now. Uh, welcome All back right, to the get, m- welcome, get ready for an hour of Monster Hunter hunting monsters lounge uh where we've got nothing but trophies like literal heads of monsters mounted around the around the lounge um we have our table is made of raffalos bones (laughs) yeah that reminds me of um uh i think it's shoot it might be nch productions one one of the animators that is also a big monster hunter fan um always draws raffalos plates as a raffalos holding like a kitchen plate and so whenever they go anywhere to, like, uh, any kind of gathering or whatever, they're, they're always bringing, like, a plate. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like a cute, like, I get it. Um, but, so the actual news, already sidetracked, 10 out of 10, uh, is that the final, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like, developer, uh, it's a sort of news update. It's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, what they did for Smash, which I've already forgotten they, the name of. They call of. it a developer roundtable. I think they're calling this one a developer roundtable because it's the final one. I don't think they normally I, do developer roundtables. No, they, round they usually do because they usually have the developers in front of the camera going over like all the different things that are going to be added and sometimes reasonings for them. All right, cool. I'll just go fuck myself then. Um, but... So this one is the last one because it's part of the year of absolutely fantastic content that Capcom has been pumping out into Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Uh, bittersweet. In general, bittersweet Capcom in the last year has been pumping out fantastic content in general. We, we are back to yeah. Capcom status. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is bittersweet because I've put hundreds of hours into Rise. Uh, and even hundreds of hours into Sunbreak at this point, I'm pretty sure. Certainly more than certainly more than 100. Uh, but yeah, this is this is coming to the end of the the content cycle for it, and I assume it'll go into sunset like Monster Hunter World is. Uh, but we still have an, an update, which means a bunch of content. I'm still I haven't seen anything to the contrary yet. Admittedly, I haven't looked too hard, but I still think it'll be a uh, subspecies of Melzino as the final monster introduced in June. We'll have to find out. It would be awesome if I was right because I've been calling that for about a month now. 
but the uh, presentation will be June 7th. So uh, chances are this time, maybe this time next week, definitely the episode after next week uh, will be me discussing it and seeing whether or not I'm right. Anything so that you guys want to add? It'll be June 7, um, American time. So it'll be June 8, which will be after we record. So it'll be the next week um, after that. Unless we delay. All unless I'm we saying. delay, yes. Uh, all I'm saying. It's on the table. <laughs> it's it's uh, always in the cards. It is. It is. The heart of the cards. Uh, Ooh, yeah, that's- yeah, reference. And then after, <laughs> sure. this, after this digital tool event, we'll have our hard date for the Monster Hunter Rise Farewell podcast. <laughs> Where even though when it's not the Monster Hunter Rise Farewell podcast, I'll speak for, on Monster Hunter for about an hour. But this one, I'll speak may- maybe even two hours. What's Seth going to do? Stop me? What's he going to do? Not put the host's audio in? He's crazy. You don't know what I can do. I don't. I literally have no idea what you do. You keep you keep sending me invoices for services rendered for Fast Travel Lounge, and I keep I keep sending them straight to spam. So that's where all my receipts are going. <laughs> I need those back for tax purposes. Any <laughs> <laughs> taxes? You better get onto that. Wow, trust Steve to talk about tax. Anyway, that's all Seth I have. brought it up. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, the, I'm the editor. I'm allowed to with no consequences. Oh, you edit these nuts. Hey, uh, Steve, will you inform Steve that I'm no longer- Wait, shit. Uh, anyway. It's better uh, to just ignore him and move on. <laughs> no. uh, that is the I'm upset. end. I'm upset my team lost the sports game. <laughs> I'm telling you, New week. South Wales is never going to win. Yeah, that's, that's Queensland cope. <laughs> No, it's a non-footy fan cope. <laughs> yeah. And cope you shall. Uh, yeah, so not only is that the end of the news, it's the end of the episode. Uh, end of episode 75. Uh, no audience question this week. Uh, reasons. <laughs> Been gone uh, for too long. We're basically be tired. Yep. Uh, but uh, if there is an audience question you want us to answer, feel free to get in touch. We're on Facebook at Fast Travel Lounge. Twitter at Foster Lounge minus one of the L's and mailbag Foster Lounge at gmail.com. If you enjoy what listen to, give us a like, subscription, rating, whatever you can on the podcast platform of your choice. It really helps us out. But uh, I don't think there's anything crazy happening in the next week that you guys want to hint at. Going once, going twice. Tears of the Kingdom, I guess. <laughs> you said that yeah. last week. <laughs> I'm saying it again. I'll say that every game. week until I'm done. Actually, no, I'll probably oh. touch on Street Fighter 6 a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Sli- slightly more. Uh, you're going to see second Spider-Verse in cinemas. That's coming out today, I think, technically. That'll probably be after the next recording. Yeah. I, I might see it in this next week. I'm not sure. But yeah, that, that is, that is oh, certainly If you do chance. watch it in this next week, try to hold on off talking about it next week because we can go into like a deep dive discussion after I see it because I'm, I'm just waiting for my next paycheck before I go see it. What if, what if we, what if we talked about it together, uh, in the cinema? <laughs> what, if, what if we pirated it and watched it on stream? What if we both King hit Steve? Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm down for this one. <laughs> what, pirating it? Well, so you'll pirate Nintendo games, but you won't pirate Spider-Verse. Yeah. Very, no, very, because very I common. really like Spider-Verse. It deserves my money. Yeah, don't you really like Tears of the Kingdom? I do, but not enough to give it my money. 
You literally gave it a 10. Ah, oh, whatever. I gave it a 9. You gave yeah. it a 10. No, I never give it a 10. Perfect games do not exist. Did he give it a 9? Did he give it a 10? This is the end of episode 75. Find out on episode 76. Until then, I've been Patrick. I've been joined by Seth and Steve. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Up the maroons. Happy birthday, McDonald's. 30 years in Australia.